I mean, I totally love that song more so because it's kind of like he has a shotgun and a 45. I want to say maybe this uh, band was a little bit ahead of their time and meant that they got a shotgun and president 45 that's protecting their right to hold it. Uh, if anyone wants to ask me, that's what I would say. So um, let's let's see what's going on with this rally quickly. Let's check this out. Give me a second while we put this on. Here we go. And it's still the vice president, though. Here we go. Mm, there he is. Rule of law every day. And President Donald Trump has stood with the men and women who serve on the thin blue line of law enforcement, and we always will. The president and I know what all of you know. Men and women who serve in law enforcement are some of the best people in this country. And they deserve the respect of every American every day. Now, the president and I will always support the right of Americans to peaceful protest enshrined in the Constitution. But rioting and looting is not peaceful protest. Burning businesses is not free speech. Violence against law enforcement like you saw in Virginia Beach this summer will not be tolerated. And those who There's do the these things will be oh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Here we go. Can you hear me? I can hear you indeed. Thank you. I'm going to share. You sound great. I'm going to share, guys. You look very comfortable, actually. I'm in in a studio. I'm actually doing uh, Hannity Hit at like uh, 645. Here we go. Okay. Got it. Isn't this awesome, guys? You never get to see this, huh? It's kind of different. Oh, you could see my chats, too. Darn it. I'll fix that. (laughs) Oh, whatever. Here it goes. It doesn't matter. He's a good candidate. I think he's going to do good for Nevada. Nevada needs more of this, right, guys? So all of you out there from Nevada, Jim Marchand should be the man. Um, let me fix that a little bit. There we go. That's better, right? And then we'll go back to the rally. I mean, the president will come on and we can watch it together too. Oh, and if you guys have questions, let me know for those of you from Nevada. And maybe I can ask, um, Jim questions for you. I already told them that I'm going to have all of you on watching. So um, if you guys have any questions, boom. All right. I see Jim Marchant arriving. He's showing his mute at the moment. Hello, Jim. Woodrow, is Jim administratively muted or uh, can we unmute him? Or what's, the, what's the status there? Hey, there he is. I just did unmute. Great. Perfect. You Great. Must, you must have God Hi. mode. All right. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Busy as heck, but how's it going? Pretty good, actually. Feeling Senator, good? Feeling good. Senator Ted Cruz is in here tomorrow for a fundraiser for me. So awesome. We're excited and um, things are looking good. We're raising money. 
Eric Trump endorsed me yesterday on video when he was here. And, awesome. Uh, Trump. So everything's going great. Good, good, good. Well, hopefully this helps a little bit. Oh, I hope so. I think it will. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So, Of course. Happy to help. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. So the uh, the, uh, the 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 associates of my officer gave me a nice little script for me to read, so I can make sure I don't miss anything. Um, so I'm Ron Burgundy. If it's on this piece piece of paper, I'm going to say it. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes here. I see 23 participants. All right, it is growing here. Um, Hi, this is Ed Williams. I'm the master of ceremonies uh, for tonight's call. <laughs> We're just going to give it a couple minutes. Uh, we've got uh, a number of people joining here. Um, so, Jim, I, I, uh, I heard that uh, you recently got an endorsement from Eric Trump. What, uh, what's that all about? I did. Uh, he was in town, came into Las Vegas uh, yesterday, and uh, we got to visit with him and some of the GOP offices here. And then he went to Pahrump, which is a little outside of Nevada or Las Vegas, uh, last night for an event. And I was able to speak there and uh, talk to him and you know, I just asked him, I said, hey, your father endorsed me last weekend. Can I get your endorsement? So, yep, absolutely. So I had uh, some friends film it, and we have it on awesome. record. That, that's great. Awesome. Yep. That's good to hear. So, and, he uh, said, and he said he would do a, uh, a telecall with me, too. That's great. Excellent. All right, we've got a few more people joining here. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of your other endorsements? I, I hear you got endorsed by the uh, Public Safety Alliance. What's, what's that organization? Uh, yeah, Las Vegas Public. Uh, it's actually LVPPA, um, Public Safety Alliance of Nevada. It's all the law enforcement. And uh, very, get, very happy to get that endorsement uh, because my opponent uh, is, uh, wants to defund the police. He was a co-sponsor of the uh, police what, what was the name of that? You, you probably know it. Some, some bill that handcuffs the, all of our law enforcement and, uh, and you know, shift the funding to other ridiculous stuff. So mm. uh, I won't vote for that at all. So anyway. But, um, you got it. Okay. Cool. All right. So it uh, looks like we've got a few more people joining. We're about five minutes in, so we're going to get things rolling here. Uh, welcome, everyone, to our Zoom fundraiser for Jim Marchant for Congress featuring Ambassador Rick Grinnell. Um, we're going to let Jim speak, and then you'll hear from Ambassador Grinnell, and then we'll do a little Q&A. Uh, my name is Ed Williams. Uh, I'm the former chairman of the Clark County Republican Party, um, and I definitely support uh, Jim Marchand for Congress. Uh, we share a lot of values, and uh, proud to have been a day one supporter of him in this effort. Uh, so I've been asked to be the master of ceremony, so I'll certainly do my best here today. Um, yeah. uh, as always, uh, you know, Jim needs the resources to get his message out uh, and, and reach all the voters. We've got 38 days until the election right now. And uh, your, your campaign contributions are appreciated to help him get that message out. Um, our suggested donation for this evening's fundraiser is $250. Uh, we're going to put a link in the chat there for you to uh, uh, the donation form so you can uh, engage in that if you'd like. Uh, whatever you can, uh, can contribute is certainly appreciated, though. So, uh, so yeah. without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, former Assemblyman uh, Jim Marchant, a candidate for uh, Nevada's 4th Congressional District. Hello, Jim. Hi, Ed. Thank you. And hi, Rick. Thank you for doing this uh, for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, a little bit about my background. Uh, I'm a businessman. I have started three technology companies, retired from uh, my last company, which was a voice over IP phone company. I partnered with Lucid Technologies back in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s, and built one of the first voice over IP phone companies in the country. 
so how I got into politics was uh, my first company was a software company. I started programming in 84 and, uh, and was very familiar with technology and computers. And I saw the Internet coming. And in 1994, I decided to open up an Internet service provider company, one of the first in the country, actually. If you think back in 94, you had to dial in uh, through those real slow modems. And uh, all the young people on here uh, don't get the, uh, the pleasure of uh, hearing that sound and the slowness of it, not like it is now. So <clears throat> uh, as a result of starting my company, and this was based out of Florida, actually, the Florida Department of Revenue wanted me to collect sales tax on all of my customers. And being a limited government type guy, very conservative, I didn't agree with them because it's a service for one thing. And you're also paying uh, an enormous amount of taxes on your landline that you used to have to dial in through. And so I challenged them. And uh, a lot of people told me, oh, you can't you can't beat City Hall. And why are you trying to do that? And uh, I was either naive or hard headed or both. And I said, no, I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. And I actually challenged them and uh was able to convince a Democratic governor at the time, Lawton Childs down in Florida, to do a uh, executive order temporarily exempting us from collecting sales tax. And it allowed me to go through the legislature in Florida and get a bill passed, which I did. And Governor Jeb Bush was governor at the time, and he signed it. So uh, Florida started the process of, uh, of not requiring sales tax on Internet access. And uh, over a period of uh, a year or two, most every other state adopted our, our uh, policy, our bill. And that's why nobody in America pays sales tax on Internet access to this day. Uh, so my you know, think about the money that we've kept in the economy as opposed to going to a government. And that's kind of my mindset. So. Also, during that time, I knew that uh, I couldn't do it all by myself, so I formed the Federation of Internet Service Providers Association and was president of that for the first six years. And most of the cyber laws that are in effect today are a result of what we did uh, through that organization. Uh, one of the a couple of things that we did, and probably one I'm most proud of, is we kept the FCC from requiring or from classifying the internet as a utility under Title II way back in, in uh, the mid to late 90s, because that's what they wanted to do. And as uh, you're probably aware, most people here, when the government gets a hold of a, of a phenomenon like the internet uh, and tries to regulate the death out of it, that's exactly what would have happened. It probably would not have survived. So we were successful in doing that, and that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of. Uh, the other thing we did was we uh, were very instrumental in the uh, um, decent. It was the uh, Communications Decency Act, I think, and that's the one our tech giants are hiding behind today because uh, at the time we wrote the bill kind of broad. And they're hiding behind some of the loopholes there. So uh, uh, I was able and very fortunate enough to uh, talk with Ted Cruz and Mark Levin recently about, uh, you know, what we could do to fix that problem. And they both had some great ideas. And, and bottom line is uh, President Trump could uh, uh, do something with an executive order, uh, may work, certainly get challenged in, in court. 
Uh, but Mark Levin said, ultimately, what we've got to do is get the get Congress to uh, kind of tighten up that bill a little bit. So anyway, uh, my last company I retired from in 2003, I moved out to Las Vegas and got very frustrated with my own government out here uh, raising taxes. They raised our taxes out here $1.5 billion. But the most ridiculous thing they did was uh, they implemented a commerce tax, which is, assesses taxes on a business's revenues, not profits. And uh, that's egregious in my opinion. So made me mad. I decided to run, ran for assembly out here and uh, won. And uh, the my term in the assembly out here, Matt Slap with American Conservative Union, ranked me number one most conservative voting legislator in the assembly. And um, proud of that. I was ranked by a number of other organizations as one of the top conservative and, and voting for businesses. That's kind of my passion, you know, small businesses. And because uh, they're they're the engine of the economy. And that's kind of where I come from when I, I look at Bill. So um, then I uh, after that session, just decided to run for Congress and step up and see if I could help out some of the people in Congress that aren't that really don't know business as well as they should and, and kind of educate them on, on what happens when they pass a bill, how it affects businesses. And uh, it's kind of why I'm running. So it's kind of my background. So. Oh, that's great. Thank, thank you, Jim. I, and I really appreciate you being a part of the effort to uh, make sure that the government doesn't tax my internet because uh, yeah. I need all of it I can get. <laughs> well, you know, you think about, you know, 40 bucks, just say it's 40 bucks at, you know, per household count the number of households in, in the country and, you know, times that by however many days or months uh, since, say, 96, I think, was when it finally uh, was in there. That's a lot of money that stayed in the economy that did not go to a government to waste. So I'm proud of that. Well, it's, it's great to think that we might have a congressman that will uh, uh, understand that, that economic reality and keeping uh, those funds in the economy. So that's awesome. Exactly. Well, um, I'd like to introduce uh, Ambassador Richard Grinnell. Um, Richard Grinnell was the Acting Director of National Intelligence and uh, was former U.S. Ambassador to Germany, uh, and he is currently a Senior Advisor on the Trump campaign. So uh, welcome, uh, Ambassador. Thank you so much. Uh, just for for press sake, I know there's not any press here, but just in case anybody uh, is is listening in or talking about it, I'm technically not on the Trump campaign um, by legal reasons. Um, so I am with the RNC, but I'm working hard for our president trying to get him reelected. Um, but I'm so excited to be here for my friend, Jim. Um, you know, when I met Jim, I, I knew that he had to be in Congress because we have very few people that as Jim just went through and, and showed us really understand business and the implications. I was so struck by what he said about uh, the implications for what these politicians vote on in Washington. Many of them have no idea what they're voting on. Sounds good on paper, but Jim knows what it's like actually in real life. And so we need somebody like Jim. And I think coming from Nevada, Jim uh, representing um, the, the fourth congressional district will just be uh, a real superstar in Congress because he does bring that practical business experience uh, as you know, we're, our whole economy now is, is really tech-driven um, and has some sort of a digital 
component to every single company, whether you're doing cars or manufacturing. And so Jim's knowledge uh, of really, I think, challenging politicians in Washington to say, wait a minute, slow down, think about the implications of what you're doing. I've always wanted to have someone go to Congress to uh, get rid of laws rather than think of new laws. And, and so many people go and they think, okay, now I'm working here, you know, nine to six, uh, Monday through Friday, I got to come up with new laws. Well, we need somebody who works from nine to six, Monday through Friday, that says, some of these are really archaic. We need to get rid of them and start cleaning the books and reforming Washington. That's the other thing I like about Jim is he's just a total outsider from Washington. He doesn't speak their language. Uh, he doesn't accept uh, their premises. And that's what we need. We need somebody who's really willing to go there and be the outsider, just like Donald Trump. You know, the insiders in Washington hate him. They hate, uh, the, they hate the fact that he brings in new rules. The old rules of Washington or the current rules of Washington are that the Speaker of the House gets to go to San Francisco and get her hair done. And then when the salon owner says, wait a minute, you seem like a hypocrite. You're getting your hair done without a mask and the rest of us can't. What does Nancy Pelosi do? But she says to the salon owner, you owe me an apology for breaking the rules, breaking the D.C. rules. Now, only in Washington, D.C. would a politician ask for an apology after being called a hypocrite because you broke the D.C. rule, which is never challenge the Speaker of the House when she's being a hypocrite. So I'm looking forward to Jim going to Congress and raising his hand and saying, wait a minute, Nancy, that sounds hypocritical. And I believe that Jim is going to be a superstar there. We no longer have a fight between Republicans and Democrats in Washington. We have a fight between Washington insiders and the rest of America. And that's what I found when I was uh, the acting director of national intelligence and the ambassador to Germany. We really have a system that's filled with reporters and lobbyists and politicians, people that have been there for 47 years, like Joe Biden literally coming out of retirement because the establishment in Washington fears the outsiders so much, like Donald Trump, that they have to go back to the ultimate insider, pull him out of retirement, because they know exactly what he will do. They know that he will follow their rules. There are no surprises with Joe, with Joe Biden. And that's exactly why they want him in. We need people like Jim and President Trump to be the outsiders, to challenge everything and to say to people, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Why are we doing this? The American people don't think this makes sense. And so I'm really asking everybody on this call to dig deep. Uh, Jim can win this. And that's why I'm here is because he really can win this. And if Jim wins, it's likely that Nancy Pelosi won't be the speaker because we'll have enough seats and his seat is on that bubble. And so he is one of the barometers. If Jim wins, if you all work hard, give him a little bit of money. I know we asked for $250, but could we give a little bit more? If you can give more than $250, cover somebody else that's not able to give $250. And let's see if we can give Jim enough uh, tonight to do a little bit more digital advertising to reach some more people with his message. I'm really looking forward to having Jim in Congress and shaking things up. And uh, I'm just happy to be here. I, I would love, Ed, to take some questions from 
people, if they want to jump in and ask any question about the deep state or or uh, Germany or, or whatever question they have, I'm happy to to be here, support my friend Jim, and spend some time with his supporters. Thank you, Thank Rick. You. Uh, maybe you could start out and just tell us what is the deep state. You know, it's a good question, and I have to say that it's the people that work in Washington and pay no attention to who's in the White House. And they get their power by slowing the decisions down, doing their own thing. Um, and, and they don't really care about the democratic process because they have a job no matter what. So they all live in the Washington, D.C. area, and they all work in federal jobs at all of the different agencies. Sometimes they're working at the Labor Department. Then they move over and they work at the State Department. Then they're moving over and they're, they're working at the Agriculture Department. This is the one thing that I've said to President Trump. You know, we, we really need to get the bureaucracy in Washington spread out. Why do all the federal agencies have to be in D.C.? D.C. wants to be a state. If they want to be treated like a normal state, well, then they don't get a monopoly on the entire federal labor force. We have to start moving these, these institutions out. Why can't the Department of Agriculture be in Iowa? Why can't the Department of Interior be in Montana? Let's move HHS to Colorado. You know, there, there's a way to really spread this around. And then what it does is it takes the entire federal workforce and spreads it around so that people in Colorado have a, a voice and a direct uh, impact on the bureaucracy. As it is right now, you don't get a job in the federal bureaucracy unless you live in Washington, D.C. vicinity. You know somebody, you know the, the little intricate website, uh, you know how to talk the language of being a former deputy assistant secretary of this and that, and then you, you do your one year and you get an evaluation. This is all a racket. It's all a system. The people that, that get these jobs are the only ones who know about it and live in this little area. And so they get together and, and they say to themselves, you know, regardless of who's in the White House, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, I'm still here when they're gone. They're here for four years. I'm going to do what I want to do. So they don't move the policy forward. The American people vote for the president and they expect the president to put his team on the field. You've never seen the, the Senate block nominations like they've blocked Donald Trump's because he's the outsider. The insider is fighting back and they're saying, no, this election is so important for Donald Trump and Jim Marchant because they are the outsiders that are going to bring in a, a sense of, of realism and normalcy for the American people. We got to defeat all of that swampiness in Washington that doesn't listen to the American people. Right, and one of, uh, I think that the Bureau of Land Management, the, the real BLM, uh, has moved to Colorado. Maybe it was the whole Department of Interior, maybe, but at least BLM uh, has moved to Colorado, I believe. I think that there's, a, there's an interest and there's a start for some of the offices, but not the entire thing. And we really need to shake it up and, and move it all. Well, uh, thank you, Ambassador. Uh, so uh, we do have some questions coming in uh, for you, actually. So uh, I'll get to those here. 
Uh, really quickly, I want to note that there is a donation link in the sidebar. If you'd like to contribute to uh, Jim Marchand's campaign for Congress, that would be most appreciated. Any amount you can you can uh, donate is, is certainly appreciated. Um, I would like to uh, thank uh, Rusty Stanbury. Thank you very much for uh, your donation, as well as uh, Lisa Brazell. Thank you very much for your donation as well. Um, we've got Thanks those coming in right now. Yeah, we really appreciate that. That helps us get the message out. Uh, let's see. We'll just spin through some questions here. Um, so, Rick, you, you gave an epic uh, address at the National Convention, um, and, and you've certainly established yourself as a foreign policy expert. would love to get a sense from you. Uh, what do you think is the, the largest uh, geopolitical threat to the United States right now? I'd, I'd say China. Um, we, we really have a problem because 20 years ago, we let China into the WTO, the World Trade Organization. And uh, by the way, the, the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that ushered China onto the WTO was none other than Joe Biden. Um, we, we did that a long time ago. The foreign policy establishment in Washington thought, you know, if we engage with China, then they'll act more like a, a democracy in a normal country. And we've, we've seen that that's not true. They've actually gotten worse since they've been in the WTO. And so we have a real problem, I think, um, with how Joe Biden views uh, strategic problems and threats. Uh, he, he looks for consensus. And this is a word that sounds so nice. But consensus just means that the U.S. policy is vetoed by somebody else. Uh, if, if we're going up to the U.N. Security Council with 14, with 14 other countries, we bring our policy in and everybody else waters it down. And so it becomes the lowest common denominator of what 15 countries think. That's consensus. Sounds good. And that's how Joe Biden wants to govern is he, he always talks about how, oh, our European allies need to be heard. Listen, we, we hear our European allies. They hear us. They don't listen when we say, you know, your NATO obligations that you signed up for are 2% of your GDP. They're not paying those. That, that, that's a problem. And so for years, the Obama administration heard the Europeans' excuses for why they weren't paying their 2%. So Joe Biden always talks about listening to the, the allies. I, I think we've listened a lot. I think what we haven't done is we haven't demanded that they listen to us. We can't just give and, and expect nothing in return. I, when I was in Germany, I saw an opera house on every corner. I saw free healthcare, free college tuition for Germans, uh, great roads and infrastructure projects. And I would say to my friends who are socialists over in Europe all the time, be careful what you teach Americans, because if you teach Americans to spend like you do on domestic spending, you're not going to have a very good security force because the Americans are paying for your security. You've got to step up and pay so that we can have better roads and infrastructures and projects and, and airports. And so I, I would say uh, it's a long answer that the problems that we face, one is China and two is this globalist idea of consensus where America doesn't get to be America. Great, thank you, Ambassador. Uh, so really quickly, there's a link in your sidebar to donate if you'd like to contribute. I uh, would like to thank uh, Marie Earhart. Thank you very much for your donation. Terry Brown, thank you for your donation. Uh, also, Thank you, everybody. 
Uh, Richard Macchia, thank you very much for your donation as well. So thank you for uh, bringing those those in, guys, and uh, making sure Jim has the resources to win this this race. Uh, uh, Nevada is a battleground state now, uh, and and uh, Jim's district here uh, in Nevada is a bellwether for that. Uh, so thank you very much for your support. Um, we got a uh, question coming in from uh, Matt Mech, Ambassador. Um, do you have any comments or insights into Operation Fast and Furious? Good question, Matt. I mean, that all happened, you know, before I was in government, and it's just outrageous. There's a lot of programs like that, and we've got to have accountability. Once we know what the problem is, there needs to be swift accountability, and in order to get there, uh, I think we also have to demand transparency, and that's what I tried to do at DNI is to question everything that was coming in, all of this Russian collusion hoax stuff. And just really say, where did this come from? Well, you know, let me look at the details. And so much of the the bureaucracy in Washington just covers up, and they they classify it so it seems like it's intelligence, and oh, nobody can touch it because it's classified. Well, I kept reading all of the classified information. I had access to everything as the acting director of national intelligence, and I would get to the end of some of these documents and say, why are these classified? This does not give away any of our sources. It doesn't give away any of the methods and how we're developing this intel. It just is covering up a PR mess or the normal process. So I tried to to do everything I could to be transparent so that we wouldn't have another Fast and Furious issue. Uh, Rick, uh, I happen to know Matt pretty well, and uh, it's still happening. So I don't know if you have any interest in learning uh, some things we found out here recently uh, here in Las Vegas and down in Arizona. So uh, if, yeah, I'm happy to take a look. If you want to help? Uh, it's still happening. Happy to take a look. Well, thank you everyone for your, your support tonight. Um, also like to thank you, uh, Tori Maris for uh, your, your uh, support in, uh, as well. Thank you very much for that. Um, so let's see. Uh, next up we have, um, uh, interesting. Okay, of course we've we've just had an epic peace deal with the UAE. Uh, uh, what what's up next, uh, Ambassador? What, what what do you see happening there? I think we're going to get a couple of more uh, Abraham Accords. You know, it started off as the Abraham Accord, singular, and suddenly there was a couple more added, and so they had to change it to Abraham Accords. Pretty exciting. Um, I, I do think that you got to step back and ask yourself, why are these Arab countries now signing peace deals with Israel? And I think the answer is, is twofold. One, they're so happy to have a partner in President Trump who is honest about the relationship. Um, you know, he, he calls out the Muslim Brotherhood. He took out Soleimani, the, the number one terrorist leader in Iran. He crushed ISIS. Uh, he was willing to to enforce Barack Obama's red line in Syria when the Assad regime was caught gassing children. Um, I, I think the credibility of of the threats that President Obama, uh, President Trump put out, are real. Uh, the Arab world sees it; they understand it, and they're they're really thankful, and they want to see more of it. The other point is, is that they've seen the eight years of Joe Biden and his foreign policy, and they see that, you know, Joe Biden gave billions of dollars to Iran and tried to do this, you know, consensus with the Europeans of 
what can we get? Uh, what's the lowest common denominator with the Europeans and the Americans and the Iranians? That's not how you do diplomacy. If diplomacy was just cutting the baby in half and going in and, and just splitting everything down the middle, you really wouldn't need diplomats. You could just have people who, who go to dinner and just say, okay, here's what we want. Here's what you want. Put it in the middle. But diplomacy is like tough and, and you're representing your country and you're pushing for your country. So you got to have really good salespeople. You got to have pushy salespeople and you got to have people that know how to uh, really defend America. And, and I think the Arab world is seeing that the combination of Trump continuing is much better than bringing Biden back. And so they're moving forward with what they think is the next step after having a partner in the United States. And that's signing peace deals with Israel. So I would say that the next step are more peace deals. Uh, I, I've heard rumors of Sudan. I've heard rumors of Morocco. Um, I know that they're working on uh, a whole bunch of uh, different countries, Oman maybe. Um, on the heels of that, we were able to do Kosovo and Serbia, uh, an economic normalization that was just unthinkable many years ago. And that's because both sides, the Serbs and the Kosovars really did trust President Trump and they saw that for eight years of the Obama-Biden administration, nothing was done between Kosovo and Serbia. Nothing. It was just typical, you know, Washington, D.C., foreign policy establishment, status quo, stale stuff. And so some of these countries are scrambling to say, let's get something done uh, before Election Day to ensure that we can work with, with President Trump. Well, you know, speaking of decades and decades and decades of, of inaction, um, we'll have a question here for you, Jim, uh, from uh, Tori Maris. She has, uh, she'd like to know what you think about term limits. <clears throat> I signed the term limit pledge. So is that good enough? That's <laughs> pretty straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I don't mind. I mean, I'm retired. I don't really need to do this. I'm just trying to uh, stop the advancement towards socialism and uh, more and more of our freedoms uh, going away, that's, that's what I want to stop. If I can stop that in a few terms, whatever, I think what the term limit pledge is like 12 years, I think, something like that, or six. And I don't mind that. I, I would love to accomplish uh, some, uh, that within that time frame, and, and I'm out. I don't really need to be there. I was perfectly happy retired. I, can I just jump in and say thank you, Jim, for, for that? Because, uh, you know, we need more people that are willing to go temporarily to Washington and then come home and live under the laws that they created and not turn it into a 47-year career. Um, you know, I, I think that that's the Jeffersonian principle of, of what we want, are just you know, experts, people like you who, who are experts in a field to go and give your time and give your give to your country. So thank you for doing it. Great. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, so really quickly, would like to uh, also thank uh, some uh, uh, new, new donors. Uh, Ellen Morlock, thank you very much for your donation. Um, thank you, Ellen. I, I want to be uh, sensitive to your, your time, Ambassador. I know that you've got a TV appearance coming up pretty soon. Do you have time? I'm going to be on. Oh, I'm going to be on Hannity, everybody. So uh, <laughs> tell him I said hi. <laughs> Turn on Hannity. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the studio now. So oh, you Thanks. are okay. Oh yeah. Do you have time for another question, Ambassador? Yeah, yeah. I have time for a couple more. Okay, great, excellent. So uh, we have a question here. Um, what are 
you know, what, from a foreign policy perspective, what are some of uh, the, the President Trump's accomplishments in the last four years? You know, I think it's that that whole outsider mentality that I've been talking about of of looking at things from a business perspective. Um, I, I think funding the Navy, funding the troops, um, this idea of peace through strength. So you build up the military, you give it the, the latest and the greatest, and then you say, we're not going to use it unless it, it really is necessary to defend American national security. Um, that's a big change for the Pentagon and for the military leaders. They usually look at every problem and think, how do we send troops in? And we can't do that anymore. We got to bring our troops home. And so I've been inside the Oval Office with the president where he's demanding that we bring the troops home. He's demanding that we try to do this peace through strength by having our troops in the United States, well-trained, well-funded, the latest weaponry, ready to go, but really holding back and not using it unless we are threatened. So I would say that that whole shift surrounding uh, wars, not starting new wars, but, but still being prepared, there's, there's this concept of not starting new wars and bringing our troops home that could be very weak looking, that could send a signal to our enemies that we're surrendering. And that's not Donald Trump. You look at what he did to ISIS. You look at what he did to the red line enforcement in Syria, uh, taking out Soleimani. He's willing to use our military uh, might strategically and when our U.S. Uh, national security is threatened. But the reality is, is that he's not going to just build up another country, um, you know, impose democracy with American troops, American money, American blood. Great. Thank you, Ambassador. Um, so just a real quick reminder, there is a donation link in the sidebar if you'd like to contribute to uh, Jim Marchant's uh, efforts to, to win the congressional seat here in Nevada's 4th District. Um, let's see. Okay, so I've got kind of a, a wonky question for you, uh, Ambassador. Um, um, from John, uh, what do you, what's your perspective on the role of DNI and uh, and what do you have to share about uh, the, the former DNI, uh, uh, Dennis Blair? So I won't comment on former DNIs, but I, let me talk about the concept of, of uh, national intelligence. I think it's really important that um, we consolidate the intelligence agencies so that they can talk to each other. Right now we have 17 total, and I think that's too many. I think that uh, we don't need that many and we need to be able to uh, question intelligence so that it's useful. Um, I'm somebody that has received intelligence for, oh, since 2001 was my first intelligence briefing. So I'm an expert on how to receive it and how policymakers use it. And so I, I want to make sure that as we're collecting it, there's this concept of nice to know versus need to know. And I really believe that we've got to get our intelligence community back to a need to know. What do we need to know? Not spend a lot of time and money off things that just seem nice to know. But how do we strategically get the best information to the policymakers? And remember that, that intelligence is an estimate. Uh, it's to be used by, by policymakers as one of the tools coming in to say, this is a piece of information to utilize when making your decisions. Shouldn't be the be all end all because it's an estimate. And so I think it's really important that we have politicians that can balance the incoming issues. 
I don't think it's too different than the COVID issue. We certainly don't want to make every decision of the U.S. government solely about what public health uh, officials say. There are a whole bunch of other people that should be at that table, mental health uh, individuals and experts, um, economic health experts. There's not just one dimension to our problems, and we have to be able to have multiple experts at the table, let the policymakers listen to all of the evidence, and then come up with a balanced approach. You know, during flu season, for instance, um, a lot of the public health officials tell you during flu season, don't go in public places, don't go to the movies. Look, that's a good warning, but I don't think that that should be the rule. It certainly shouldn't be the law. That's a warning from public health officials. We as individuals can take those warnings and say, does it apply to me? Should I adjust myself? Uh, am I you know, uh, compromised? Uh, do I have a, a immune system that's compromised? I'm a cancer survivor. I have to think about those things. And so each individual is going to take the public health warnings and information and do what's best for them. I always go back on, and I hate to slip from an intel into COVID, but I, I think it's really related because the intel agencies, you know, came to the conclusion, 17 agencies came together and said that the virus started in Wuhan, China. And yet that's largely been dismissed by the, by the media. That is a collected uh, opinion from the entire intelligence agency. That's a really big deal. The intelligence agencies don't always agree on everything. It's rare when 17 of them get together and, and agree. And in this case, they did. And so I just want us to, to take all of the information and let politicians utilize the information in a balanced way, not in a political way. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, Jim, I, I know that one of your, your campaign planks is uh, to hold China accountable. Uh, that's one of your priorities. Um, I would love to hear from the ambassador, um, you know, what, what sort of policy options are available to us in, in, in doing so? It's a great question. And, and I have to be honest, I've never seen such bipartisan support on an issue. And even our European friends, although they're not super public about it, in private, they agree with us that we have to make sure that this never happens again, that communist China and its secrecies never put the Western world, the entire world, into this position again of shutting down our economy. This happened because of their secret ways. They, they like to be secret. This is what the communists do. They think they can control information from the public. And this is one, in, one instance of many where it's proven that they can't. They can't keep everything from getting to the public, despite the fact that they keep trying and they want to. So I think the policy uh, discussions are going to be, how do you bring home that supply chain from China so that we're not in the position of waiting on PPEs because China needs to make them or bribe us or, or you know, say, make us say something in order to get uh, masks or or protective gear. Um, I think this happens uh, to spill over into car parts. A lot of the smaller parts are made in China and then shipped over here. We need to be manufacturing these parts in 
North America somewhere, Mexico, Canada, or the US. Take advantage of the USMCA. Um, the precursors for pharmaceutical products, that has largely been in China, and they can really strangle us as we've seen with some of the, uh, the, the products and, and pharma products that we need. So I hope that we can all join hands together bipartisan way to really bring those uh, supply chain processes home here in North America and let's, let's punish China. Great. Well, thank you very much, Ambassador. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Heather Felkins for uh, contributing to Jim Marchand's campaign. We appreciate that. Uh, if you'd like to do so yourself, uh, there'll be a link in the sidebar for you. Um, if you guys have any questions, of course, there's a chat uh, section there. You can uh, feel free to put your questions in. Um, so let me let me take uh, one more question, I think, and then they're they're calling me. All right, that that makes perfect sense. So um, let's let's do this last one here. Um, how about uh, okay? This is. Uh, how much of a danger is the radical Islamists in Indonesia and the Philippines to American interests? I would broaden it out to just say, you know, we're very focused on, on radical Islam. Um, it's a perversion that really affects all of us in many ways. And we've seen what it does in the Middle East. We see how it can grip in Latin America. And certainly it's creeping into uh, Asia. So we have to be vigilant, and, and yet they're not the only ones. Um, I think utilizing technology, and this is where Jim is going to be, uh, I think, very effective in Congress, of figuring out how we can utilize the cutting-edge technology to go after these individuals online in their bank accounts, stop the financing of terrorism. Um, we certainly pushed this in Germany to, to stop Hezbollah and all of the front companies and money laundering that go into funding these terrorist organizations. You know, you don't hang a shingle and say, uh, my, my tire business is funding radical Islam. Uh, you pretend and you hide it and you fund it through uh, a third party. And so we've got to be able to dig deep with technology to figure out where that money is coming from. And I think that if banks aren't going to do a better job of, of stopping the shell game and the money game, then they need to be held responsible for, for wiring and, and supporting terrorists. Great. Thank you, Ambassador. Well, thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, we really appreciate your, your deep insights into foreign policy. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts for us? My, you know, my only closing thought is just to really push uh, Jim Marchand, to, to really ask everybody, whatever you've given, can you double it? Can you give a little bit more? I, I, this is Nevada. This is our future. And I have to say that I've never seen a more urgent time than what we have now. We need to get rid of Nancy Pelosi. We can't have this system where... Uh, cancel culture and defunding the police reign. We've got to do this for our children. And, and I think I go back to my point that Jim is really on that bubble. Jim is one of those guys that if he gets enough money and he gets enough support, he's going to win and Nancy Pelosi is not going to be the speaker. You're absolutely right. Uh, Ambassador, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, it helps immensely, and uh, hopefully we can accomplish what you just said. And I know I can tell you and everybody that's listening, we're working our rear ends off, and we'll continue until the 
final results are givings. Giving. It might be nine days after the election. <laughs> it might be January 20th, let's hope not. So, but uh, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. And thank everybody that donated. Thank you very much. Uh, it's going to be put to good use. And uh, our ultimate goal is taking back the house and uh, getting rid of Nancy Pelosi. Awesome. Good luck, Jim. Keep it up. Keep me posted. Thank you. We will. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Ambassador. Well, that concludes our uh, evening tonight, and uh, we appreciate everybody joining. Um, again, uh, uh, the link is in the sidebar for you if you'd like to make a donation. Um, if I'm still rolling here, I've got uh, one last donation. I hope I don't mispronounce this. Uh, Ad- Andronic Jamo, thank you very much for your donation. So, um, Thank you. All right. Uh, is, uh, any parting thoughts uh, for everyone uh, there, Jim? Just, uh, you know, help, help all of us Republicans this cycle. Uh, this is the most important election in the history of our country. I said that in 2016. I said it in 2018. And the same is true in 2020. We've got to get Republicans elected because, uh, you know, this is a, this is a battle between uh, good and evil and freedom and no freedom, socialism and free market capitalism. And, uh, you know, our founders are rolling in their grave because they see the direction of our country and we have to stop it. And that's uh, precisely why I'm running, because we've got to turn it around. Uh, The freedoms that we have lost in the last 50 years is atrocious and I'm done with it. So uh, we have to stop it and uh, get our freedoms back. So thank everybody and and get out and get Republicans voted. Great. Well, thank you very much, Jim. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jim Marchant, uh, running for the uh, Nevada's 4th District here for Congress, and uh, we all look forward to him being our next congressman for sure. So it's going uh, to be a lot of work, but uh, we're going to get it done. So thank you, everyone, for your support, and uh, thank you for joining us here this evening. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a good thank night. Thank you. That was fun, wasn't it, guys? I totally, totally enjoyed it. Uh, But their PayPal had an issue. So uh, two people sent me some, and then another person sent me. So we each chipped in $25 to send $100 uh, through PayPal. And it wasn't taking the money. Um, It was like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, pending, and that was fine. And he's like, hey, did you, like, revert it? And I'm like, what the hell? So I go back in, same thing again. And I'm like, damn, but you know, this is the time of instant instantness, right? So I know I have my cash app card link. Obviously I lost like what a dollar transferring it, a dollar 60. I moved a hundred dollars over to my cash app and boom, paid him with the card, the cash app card. So uh, I think it's important for us to go behind the people that the president wants. Um, I was, um, I was really excited to hear him say that he was excited uh, that Eric Trump, um, you know, endorsed him. But I think Rick Grinnell standing by him is a big deal. Um, yeah. In regards to PayPal, I wanted to say it's not the first time I heard that, though. It seems that Republicans. Um, yeah, it worked for you. It didn't work for me. But, well, Heather, it worked for me. I thought it was fine. Like he even said, thanks for it. So keep an eye on it. Check your PayPal balance because mine didn't change. If it says pending, they might have, you know, done it. So um, a lot of conservatives have been having those problems, you know, to send off money like that. So, um, you know, that could be a concern right there. Um, 
So let's get to the let's let's watch the rally. I mean, the rally started uh, while we were on. Right. Hold on. Let's see where we're at. Where is it? Let me restart it because I think there we go. There's the man. There's the man. He arrived in his airplane looking all amazing all right so let's let's watch the rally together that was really good because you get up close and personal uh asking questions and um i think you know when we find really really good um candidates that are president and 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 people that we can trust uh get behind i think it's a pretty good thing to um you know uh get behind them uh, PayPal is, hold on, I'm posting this. PayPal is having issues. Mm. Well, I know that a lot of conservatives had a problem. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I had to use my, um, I had to use my cash app card. You have to use a card. It won't take PayPal. You have to use a card. So I just wanted to say that I, I use PayPal because that's where, you know, people sent me, <laughs> sent me like, hey, could you send this to him? Like I can. And they were chatting and I was like, sure. And it was 75 and I was like, oh, I got, you know, $25. Let's do this. So it's great. Sometimes it can't, it, you know, if you can't, you just pull in together. I think it's awesome if we all like, you know, across all the streams. Well, now it's down to like 900 something. But, you know, across all the streams, if all of us put a dollar in, that's like 900 bucks. I'm just saying. So maybe we should do that. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome crowdfunding campaigning <laughs> that's so awesome all right so let's take a listen to what our president had to say today let's see remember he wanted to prove that he was just dressed up like michael jackson and that he sometimes thought when he was young that he resembled michael jackson i don't think so and you remember he wanted to moonwalk across the stage and his wife said, no, no, don't do it, don't, don't, please, don't. Nobody moonwalks like Michael. That would have been good. I wish I could have seen that. That wouldn't have been, that would not have been pretty. So based on your governor and based on the fact that he's always, you never, every like month you're fighting for guns. If I'm not here, your second amendment is gone. And I'm talking about all over the country. Forget about just Virginia. So I said, let's give Virginia a shot. We're nearby. We're nearby. I even said, we'll bring in the heavy artillery. We'll bring in our great vice president, Mike Pence. Did he do a good job? I'll tell you what, Kamala, Kamala is no Mike Pence. She's no Mike Pence. No, he's great. He's done a fantastic job and he's with you all the way. So I said, let's give it a shot. And, you know, there's a big difference. I tell you what, there's never been a bigger difference between candidates or parties. Never been no party that supports, as an example, what he would do to a child after it was born is fit to be even involved in any way in this nation, let alone running this nation. As you know, sleepy Joe Biden endorsed your governor. So that means he endorsed the policy of your governor. That means that means he endorsed 
he endorsed breaking up your Second Amendment. So it'll either be totally broken up or it will be, you know, wiped out. Essentially, it won't be that much different. So here we are in Virginia, like... Like I had nothing to do today. I woke up at six in the morning. I read some papers. Oh, I read the fake news. And and then I was in Florida early in the morning. And then I went to Florida and we did a big round table with the Hispanics. They were great. And then we flew to Atlanta from Florida, Palm Beach. And then we flew... We started off in all different places. We were all. And then we flew. We went to Miami. We started off. But I'll tell you what, Florida's great. We're going to win Florida. We're way up in Florida. Way up. Way up. Even a poll that gave me, I mean, I've never had a good number. ABC, Washington Post poll. It's a terrible poll. Always been bad. I think it got everything wrong four years ago. They said I'm four up or more, but I'm four up in the state of Florida. So anyway, so we went to Miami, went to a beautiful place actually in Miami, you know where that is, right? And we had, we had, I won't say because then they'll say I'm advertising if I do that, the fake news. I won't say, I won't say the name of the place, but it is beautiful. And then what happened is we went to Atlanta and we, so we left the great Hispanics, we call them the Latinos for Trump, Latinos. Where we are polling at numbers that I guess no Republican has ever polled before, perhaps Abraham Lincoln. But in those days, he wasn't big into the Hispanic movement, I think. Abraham had other things to think about, don't we think? But uh, I will say this. Nobody has done more for many communities. But I always say for the black community, nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump since Abraham Lincoln. Nobody. So we flew to Atlanta and we had an unbelievable two hours. And this was with the African-American community, the black community. I always say, what do you like better? Tell me what you like better. They say, usually the black community. And what is the answer? Tell me, African-American. I'm not listening I don't want to hear from other people. I want to hear African-American. What do you like better, African-American or black community? It's black. Yeah, that's what we hear. I'll go with whatever you want. That's your choice. We can use either one. I'll go with whatever you want. We had really a great, we had a great two hours. Credible people. Herschel Walker introduced me. Serious, serious We had a lot of champion fighters, a lot of great people. It was an amazing time. And then we flew to Washington, where we had a roundtable. And then I say, well, that's it for the night, right? You know, this starts at 6 in the morning. So I said, that's it for the night. Is that it? I'll go back home to the White House. No, sir. Well, I wonder what. You're going to Virginia, sir. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. Thank you very much. This was like, I asked a question about an hour ago. Where am I going now? Put me in, coach. You ever hear the expression? Just wind me up and put me in, coach. I said, where are we going tonight? I said, uh, let's go back to the White House. Let's see our first lady. And they said, uh, no, sir, you have a rally scheduled. 
You have a rally schedule. Where is it? In Virginia. I said, oh, that's good. How many people? They said a hell of a lot of people. That's a- Well, I wouldn't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. When you have rallies like this, you don't forget them. You don't forget them. Thank you. Go ahead. (laughs) What the hell? No. So we're going to put a heavy play in for Virginia. Seriously, we're going to put a heavy play in Virginia. And I think we can win the state. Man, that crowd is big. Look at that. It goes way back to the hangar. That is a big crowd. That's big. You know, I always tell the cameras, I don't want to bore people with this, but I, I implore them, turn the cameras around and show them the size of this crowd. It goes back to the building. But they never like doing it because they don't like, including Fox, they don't like showing big crowds. You know, they don't like showing big crowds. We left Ohio. We're way up in Ohio. Way up in Ohio. We're way up in Georgia. We were in Georgia today, though, with the governor and the senator, Senator Perdue. And we were, uh, you're in no representative, Doug Collins, great guy. Kelly Loeffler, great person, senator. And uh, Senator Perdue. And I said, how are we doing? They said, you're winning by a lot in Georgia. You're winning by a lot. Of course, if you see these people, they'll say, he's pretty close in Georgia. Too close to call. And then we have election night comes. The polls in Georgia are closed. Donald Trump has won in the state of Georgia. You know, you only win if you're up by like a lot. If you're up by a lot, they announce it immediately. That was what happened with Texas last time. They said Texas is too close to call. All for months and months and months. The only one that didn't believe that were the people in Texas. So when it closed, they said the polls in Texas are closed. Donald Trump has won the state, like in the same breath. Now we're doing great in Texas. We're doing great all over the place. We're doing great all over. I I hear we're I hear we're up in New Hampshire, which is great. Last time that one got taken away from us with uh, people that just came in with buses all over the place. They had buses coming up from Massachusetts. You have the rhino governor. You know the rhino governor of Massachusetts, right? Baker. He's a rhino, but I guess he does whatever he can to get elected. The Democrat Party is now run by socialists and Marxists who want to destroy our laws, our values, and want to destroy your way of life. To uphold our Constitution as written tomorrow, I will be announcing my nominee to the United States Supreme Court. Fill that seat. Oh, we're going to fill it. Don't worry about it. And the Republicans have been very unified. You see that? Very unified. Even a couple of people that Normally, don't vote for with us. You know, they usually don't vote with the Republicans, but they are. And uh, we have tremendous unity in the party. Mitch is doing a good job. 
Kevin is doing a good job. We're going to take over the house. We're going to take back the house. People are tired of crazy Nancy. They're tired. We want to get some stimulus out. She doesn't want to give it. She just does only be for political reasons. Not your fault. You know whose fault it is? China's fault. That's whose fault it is. That's whose fault it is. But, you know, uh, it's an amazing thing because the Democrats are saying, well, it's the end of a term. And because, it, you know, we have a lot of time left. Think, think of this. If it were them, don't forget, we don't have to do it by the election, but we should be easy, really able. That would be a great victory. Going into the election with that biggest of all victories. You know, they say the biggest thing you can do is the appointment of judges, but especially the appointment of Supreme Court justices. That's the single biggest thing a president can do. Because it sets the tone of the country for 40 years, 50 years, I mean, a long time. So we're going to be announcing somebody great. I just think that, you know, there. I just watched the great thing about Air Force One. There were more televisions on that plane than any plane. They got them in every room and you open up for a closet. You want a shirt. Let me know about it. a television. And I'm watching the Democrats saying how terrible it is that we're appointing. We have the right. We won the election, right? That we have the right. We won the election. And we have a lot of time. And if they were in opposition, they would uh, do the same thing. Maybe they would just do it more rapidly. Okay, more rapidly. Now, so uh, tomorrow, I think, is going to be a big day. Five o'clock tomorrow at the White House. We're going to be naming the nominee. Hopefully, we'll be on that court for 50 years. Five of Be on there for 50 years. The only thing I can tell you for sure is it will be a woman. Is that okay? Does anybody have any objections to that? Please, please raise your hand. A lot of cowards out there. Look at you men. I don't see how. There's not one man here that has the guts to raise your hand. Not one. If given the power of the radical left, we'll pack the Supreme Court with extremists who will strike the words under God from the Pledge of Allegiance as they did twice. I heard their Pledge of Allegiance. They had it in their caucus. I'm watching. I said, oh, they made a mistake. I said to the First Lady, darling, they made a mistake. They left the words under God out. And then I heard it a second time and they made the same mistake. I said, this is straight. This is like the guys on the Mueller team that cleaned their phones right? 31 phones. And they said, oh, we made a mistake. And they all made the exact same mistake. The odds of that are a billion to one, right? They all made, oh, they got caught. Did you see what's going on? Oh, they got caught. See, I feel sorry. That's a, that's a shame. Yeah, they should be. I'll tell you, they should, they should be. They're crooked people. They're crooked people. So they cleaned up their phones. Hillary took her phones and smashed them. She took 33,000 emails and deleted them after Congress requested them. And I think they're looking at that, too. I think so. I think so. Can you imagine? I have a friend. He's a very smart, rich guy, made a lot of money, but he's a very streetwise guy. He said, you know, you've been under investigation by these thieves, and they're smart. They just weren't smart when they all used the same exact method to clean their phone. That wasn't smart. You know, at least put it in a little bit there. 31 different phones. 
like, what is it, 21 people, 31 phones. But that's okay. That's okay. That's only, that's only illegal. But this friend of mine said, you know, they've gone through everything. They've gone through your taxes. They've gone through your financials. They've gone through everything. You have to be the most honest guy in the world. And they come up, no collusion. Oh, they want it. If they found, if they found anything. Now it's a bad group of people headed by Robert Mueller. Bad group of people. Who wanted the job at the FBI, but he lied to Congress. He said he didn't say that, but he did. I mean, he did. We have all the proof. So he is in the same group, you know, but they're actually in worse shape. Because at least with Mueller, you can say he probably didn't know what the hell he was doing. Sort of like Joe Biden. I figure about about the same. Does that make sense? Does anybody understand? How would you like to? You're getting a divorce or something and you say, I got to be represented by Bob Mueller. Do you think so? You saw his performance in Congress, right? I want to be represented by Bob Mueller. Now, it's the same thing. How can we have Joe Biden representing this country? And you know, he's he's on the lid. You know the lid, right? The lid is when they say, we're going to put a lid on it. So I guess it means probably what it's supposed to. I have no idea. Lid. It's a lid. But it's an expression. And every day, early in the morning, they say, Joe, Joe, I mean, Joe Biden, sleepy Joe, he's put a lid on it. Sir, Biden has put a lid on it. What does that mean? That means he's not working today. This guy takes more days off. You have to have a president that's going to work his ass off in this country. You need energy. You need a very energetic president. They said, how do you think he's going to do in the debate? I think good. He's been doing it for 47 years. I think he's going to do good. I think. And one thing we know, if he does just okay, just okay, they're going to say the fake news. They're going to say it was the single greatest debate performance in history. It was unbelievable. Far better than Winston Churchill in his pride. Winston Churchill was nothing compared to Sleepy Joe. So you know that if he finishes the debate, if he finishes, which I think he will, and he might even do well. But if he does well, they're going to say it's the greatest debate for And they have it already written. They have a couple of scenarios. If he does really poorly, they're going to say he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. If he does modestly well, like he did against Bernie, they were sort of even. If he does like that, they'll say it was the greatest performance in history. But with your vote, I will preserve our Constitution and ensure law and order. Joe Biden is weak. He surrendered his party to the flag burners, the rioters, the anti-police anarchists, the radicals. All these guys running around these these Democrat-run cities and states. Look at it. Ten out of ten. We could fix up Portland so fast they have to invite us in. I want to be invited into that one. We'd, we would fix that like we did Minneapolis. We would fix that up in in less than a half an hour. Remember Minneapolis, they were right. I mean, the problem is they invited us in about two weeks. By the time they invited, it was a lot of flames behind them. Remember the reporter is standing there? This is a peaceful protest. And behind them, you have like blocks. It looked like Berlin during the war, didn't it? I never saw anything. This is the craziest thing. It's a peaceful performance. But what we did, we said it's a peaceful protest. And we don't call these rallies anymore. 
Because in Dem states, like where you have a governor who's a Democrat, you're not allowed to go to church. You're not allowed to go to a restaurant. You're not allowed to go to your friend's house. You can't move from your house unless you're related to the governor. Then you can do whatever the hell you want. You can't do anything. You can't do anything unless, of course, it's a peaceful protest. Okay. And so what we do is we call these peaceful protests and we're getting big crowds, 25, 30,000, 35,000. There's more enthusiasm now than there was four years ago because we've done a good job, right? There's more now. Now we have more enthusiasm now than we did. You know, it's interesting. Don't forget, four years ago, I did a nice job. I was successful, had a great television show, The Apprentice. It was great. People got to know me a little bit. I said, let me run from the time, the first hour that we came down the escalator. First lady and I down the escalator, her with a white dress, right? Very famous escalator right now. People go take pictures of the escalator. But we came down the escalator. We were in first place, right? We never went. I never left center stage, right? And that's based on poll numbers. If you're the number one poller. And I said, look, I want an odd number. I don't want an even number. Because what are you talking? I said, because that means two people are in center and that's not fair. So I want an odd number. We were on center stage. But we've done a good job. What happened is I came. I said, I was going to cut your taxes. We gave you the biggest tax decrease in history. Right? I said, I was going to cut regulations and we were going to have an incredible economy. And regulations were probably even more important than the tax cuts. OK, you want to know the truth. You ask the business people, the great ones, they will tell you if they had a choice, they'll take the regulation cuts. And we still have a ways to go with that. But we did that. We rebuilt your military. We added Space Force. I mean, what we've done is far more, far more right to try. How about right to try? I never talked about that. I never talked about that. We knocked out 100% of the ISIS caliphate, right? We achieved energy independence, and we've done it while protecting our very pristine environment, by the way. And earlier this month, oh, you're going to be so happy, Virginia and North Carolina. Come on, North Carolina. You're going to be so happy. You're going to be cheering like crazy because I think you like this. But about a month ago, I signed an order prohibiting offshore drilling on the Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina coast, right? Right. And because I happen to like this state a lot, I said, what about Virginia? What about North Carolina? And somebody said, I don't know. I don't know if they like it. I said, I think they like it. So I'm extending the moratorium to North Carolina and Virginia. Okay. And if you want to have oil rigs out there, just let me know. We'll take it off. I mean, you know, I can understand that, too. I can understand that, too. But I think you want it. So we're extending it to Virginia. We're extending it to North Carolina up the coast. And we're not going to have any problems like can be had. All right. So I think you like that. You don't like it. You're going to let me know. I'm going to change it. I can change things very easily. We built the greatest economy in the history of the world, and now we're quickly doing it again. So I did all of these things. And in doing all of these things, you said the second time, well, now this is actually a much easier 
campaign in a way. And the only problem is I've been tarred with this horrible witch hunt for four years and I didn't do it. Now think of it. What would my numbers be if I didn't go through almost four years of a Russian witch hunt that turned out to be just the opposite? They were the ones that were involved with Russia. It was a whole big disinformation campaign. Now, what would my numbers be with all that we've done? And if you didn't hear night after night on fake news, CNN and MSDNC and the New York Times and the Washington Post. And now it's turning out, not turning out, it's done. Because if you look at everything that's come out over the last few days, it's we caught them. They've been caught. They spied on my campaign. And they tried for a coup. Can you believe it in this day and age? And we caught them cold. So what would our numbers be? Our numbers, not my numbers. What would our numbers be if every night, every morning, every day, they were saying, Russia, Russia, Russia. It turned out to be a total hoax. In fact, Biden's son, it was just revealed two days ago, got three and a half million dollars from the wife of the mayor of Moscow. Think of it. So, but I really think about that. What would be on it? We did all these incredible things with the economy, with everything. And then we got hit with this virus from China. They should never have let it happen. We won't forget it. And we closed up. We saved millions of lives. Now we've opened it with opening to records. But what would our popularity be if every day for almost four years, you didn't hear any of this bullshit? Okay. What would it be? True. What would that be? With all we've done, I think that would be very nice. The Democrats would say, yes, if you'd like, we could cancel the election because we have no chance. But you know what? Hopefully they have no chance anyway. And hopefully you're going to remember what I just said. Because we were unjustly treated, unjustly accused by a bunch of treasonous crooks, a bunch of bad, bad people who got caught. And I think they'll have to pay a very substantial price. When the plague arrived from China, we launched the largest national mobilization since World War II. We pioneered life-saving therapies, reducing the fatality rate 85% since April. You know, the question was asked to me, how well did we do on the pandemic? And I said, I give us an A to an A plus. You look at the ventilators, you look at all we've done. We did a great job. We helped the governors. The governors are always very thankful. Then sometimes they'll get in front of a camera. They'll remember some of them are Democrats, right? But I said, the only thing we did badly on was public relations because we were working so hard. We didn't think, we, I, I think, frankly, they're not going to cover it well, no matter what. But we did a hell of a job. And then compare us to Europe. And we did very well. But now that Europe is exploding again, they don't want to talk about it. And neither do I, because I, I want Europe to heal. I want the whole world to heal. But we've done a hell of a job, except in public relations, and that's explaining it to people. On that, I give us a D. But we got an A-plus in terms of what we've done. Through Operation Warp Speed, we will develop and distribute a vaccine in record time by the end of the year. And it could be sooner than that, but we have... The greatest labs, the greatest companies of that kind in the world. 
And they are right there. They are right there. It's going to be incredible. So it's going to be a great vaccine. And we have Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, another one just announced today. These are great, great, great companies. On November 3rd, Virginia will decide whether we end the pandemic and return to record prosperity or whether we allow Joe Biden to kill the recovery, delay the vaccine, impose a $4 trillion tax hike on you. That's what he wants to do. Ban American energy. He wants to ban fracking. How about that? He wants to ban fracking. Then he lucks into the nomination. You know, he shouldn't have gotten it because if Pocahontas left two days early, Bernie would have won and we would have had Bernie. I don't know who I would have been better against. Maybe who knows, but we would have had radical Bernie. But we're going to get a lot of Bernie votes like we did last time because his people agree with us on trade, except we're better at it than he is. So we're going to get a lot of the Bernie votes. Boy, Bernie takes a hard shot, doesn't he? This is twice that happened. And he has such a nice attitude between him. And how about Bloomberg? Bloomberg gets absolutely decimated in the debate, right? Mini Mike, Mini Mike, Mini Mike. He gets decimated. And in order to get back with the Democrat Party, I'm going to put $100 million into Florida. If I were him, I'd just, just take a pass. He doesn't have to give us anything. We don't need his money. Just take a pass, you know. So he wants to buy his way into the Democrats. And so he's going down to Florida. It's re- But unfortunately, he did something that wasn't so good, right? He said, I'm going to pay off all these fines of the prisoners. There's only one problem. It's illegal. Now he's got himself a problem. Now he's got himself a bigger problem than he had when Pocahontas beat the hell out of him in the debate. Oh, that wasn't so easy, Mike. Remember, she was going point after point after point. And he thought she was talking about me. And so did I, actually. And then and then what happened? She said, and I'm not talking about President Trump. I'm talking about you. And he went, oh, my God. He's not a good guy, sir. Not a good guy. Stupid to do that. Stupid. You have to have some pride. You can't go with the way they treated him so badly. You can't do that. But they're going to destroy the suburbs. You know, I keep hearing about suburban women like you, right? Suburban women. Well, I just ended a regulation that would have allowed projects in your. uh, Do you mind having a project next to your house? You're beautiful. You live in a beautiful house, right? Happily married, beautiful kids, everything perfect. The American dream, right? Do you mind having a project built next door? She said she minds. You know who minds? Everybody minds. I just don't think anybody knows that we did this. I really don't. I don't think anybody knows. And they're going to change the zoning that allows them to build projects in the suburbs. So the guys came to me. I said, I want to end that. They came, sir, we're all set. We're going to really bring it back. I said, no, I didn't say bring it back. I said, I want it ended. Well, that's not so easy. I said, I want it ended. I don't want it. I don't want it. And we terminated it so you can live happily ever after if you vote for trump if you don't vote for trump you can forget it because they will put it you know who's in charge of it cory booker senator cory booker he's another beauty he was elizabeth if you if you really take you had elizabeth warren you had cory booker and you had kamala you know if you pronounce her name wrong she goes crazy kamala like a comma it's like a comma she's like a comma and by the way nobody treated Sleepy Joe, worse than his vice presidential thing. 
I brilliantly said he'll never pick Kamala because he got treated. He got called a racist. He got called xenophobic, which he didn't know what that meant. He got called all sorts of things, right? And so I said, no, obviously not going to be. He picked her. I couldn't believe it. But I think that's good. We like our Mike Pence. We like Mike Pence. And she's rated further left than Bernie Sanders. I, I thought he was the most left in the... He's not actually even in the party. He's sort of like an independent. Nobody ever used to say that, but he's like an independent. But she's rated further left than crazy Bernie. And uh, this is what you want? I don't think so. Just so you understand, if... And then she calls it the Harris administration, along with... It's like you're naming a movie, the producing credits, right? In the Harris administration, along with uh, Vice President Biden. No, no, no. He's heading up the ticket. But then he said the same thing. He put her name first. I've never done that. I love Mike. But I've never said... Mike Pence and Donald Trump. I always say Trump because you know what? You got to know that you're the president. He doesn't know that he's in first position. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. He forgot. He forgot. Hey, look, you're entitled to a mistake every once in a while. It was strange that they did it almost in the same hour, though, right? It was like one on top of another. Give free health care. They want to give free health care to illegal aliens. And indoctrinate your children with poisonous anti-American lies in school. We don't like that. To combat the toxic left. And, and you see what it is. It's toxic left-wing propaganda in our schools. I announced last week that we are launching a new pro-American lesson plan for students called the 1776 Commission. We will teach our children the truth about America, that we are the most exceptional nation on the face of the earth. And we're getting better, better, better all the time. And we're joined tonight by a friend of ours, a warrior, Congressman Rob Whitman. Good guy. Virginia Republican Party Chair Rich Anderson. Good job. How are we doing? Am I making the right move? I'm not wasting my time here, Rich. I got to ask him. Rich, what do you think? I think so, right? I think so. And congressional candidates Nick Freitas. Oh, look at him. We had a call the other day, a very successful call, right? Great call. Thanks, Nick. And a real warrior, a real hero, Scott Taylor. Scott. Those are two very important races, and I think you're going to win them. I saw some good polling. We're taking over the house from Crazy Nancy. We're going to have it. And I think those two guys, I think they're going to win. Also, somebody that I have heard incredible things about, the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate, Daniel Gade. Daniel Gade. He's a good-looking guy. And I'll tell you, he's got to beat his opponent because he is just Warner. Warner was, you know, he was talking about Russia, right? Trump and Russia, Russia, Russia. 
Then he gets scammed by a guy with the greatest Russian accent. You remember that, right? I have pictures of President Trump. Oh, really? Where, where, where? What are they like? Are they nude pictures? Yes, yes, yes. Does Vladimir know? Yes, yes, yes. So he's talking to this guy. He got scammed, okay? It was a comedian or something. It was a comedian. He's allowed to talk to Russians if I talk to a Russian. It's a terrible thing. By the way, you know, getting along with Russia is not the worst thing in the world. Does that make sense? Getting along with North Korea, Kim Jong-un, everyone said, oh, he's getting along. He's giving so much. I said, what did he give? They couldn't tell me anything. You know what I gave? Sanctions. That's what I gave. But you know what? We get along. We get along. You would have been in a war right now. It would have been a nuclear war. You would have been in a war right now with North Korea if it wasn't for me. Hillary Clinton didn't have a clue. Obama didn't have a clue. Obama told me when I sat with him, the one time I sat with him, what's your biggest problem, North Korea? I said, how big? He said, it's a big problem. And he was indicating like it was war. I said, have you tried calling him? Have you tried? Have you given it a little shot? You know, instead of losing 10 million people, they used to say 50,000 people could be killed. No, 20 million people could be killed. Okay, 20 million. Seoul is right next to, you know, right near the border. It would be uh, too bad, but we have a good relationship. I get criticized because I have relationships with these people, and that's a positive thing. We have to remember that's a positive thing. And I had a very good relationship in China with President Xi. But you know what? This pandemic has just, we made a great trade deal, but it just doesn't mean the same to me. Does that make any sense? It doesn't mean the same to me. It doesn't mean the same to me. Uh, last week, two weeks ago, they had the largest order of corn to our farmers in our history. They had the largest order of soybeans. They had this massive order of beef. But you know what? It uh, does, just doesn't mean as much to me now as it did at one point. The ink wasn't even dry on the trade deal. And this thing came in and they could have stopped it. We're also deeply moved to be joined by two gold star spouses, two incredible people. Karen Owens was a guest at my first address to Congress as we honored the supreme sacrifice of her husband, fallen Navy SEAL, Ryan Owens. Where's Karen? Where are you? Come on up here. Come up. And we're also joined with Brittany Jacobs and her family. You know Brittany. On Memorial Day in 2017, I met Brittany and her son, Christian, at Arlington National Cemetery, and we honored the memory of her incredible husband and Christian's dad, Marine Sergeant Christopher Jacobs. We took a uh, picture together, that little boy who's no longer a little boy. Come on over here. Come on. Come on over here. The both of you. Come on. I said, how's your beautiful, handsome boy? She said, really good, but he wants to go back to school. Let's go. Open up the schools. Open up the schools. We'll get them open. But we thank God every day for our courageous warriors and we'll always support our incredible Gold Star families. And we want to thank both of you. It's incredible. Thank you. And we'll get you back to school soon. All right. Get them back. Come on, Governor. Let's go. You got other things to do. These people. You know, they're keeping the states closed because they think it's going to be harmful on November 3rd. And it's not really, it's not going to have too much of an impact. What it's doing is hurting a lot of people, though. It's hurting a lot of people. In everything we do, 
We are putting America first. We've spent the last four years reversing the terrible damage Joe Biden and his friends inflicted on this country over the last 47 years. I love it when he says, we could have done this, we should have done that. The guy's been here forever. 47 years, hard to believe, right? And that was in prime time, although he never had super prime time, but that was in prime time, remember? And this time, and now I got him here. Together, we've taken on a corrupt and broken system that's been throwing everything at us from the very beginning. A new trove of documents. And you have to go home. You got to read these documents. And they now prove that Russia interfered in 2016. Unfortunately, it was on behalf of Hillary Clinton, not Trump. They interfered. Disinformation. Newly released text messages make 100% clear the FBI knew that Democrats purchased Russian disinformation targeting me, your favorite president. Which then formed the basis for the witch hunt. And I'll tell you, we've had some incredible strength in terms of people like Sean Hannity, the great Lou Dobbs, don't think of it, Laura, Tucker. Tucker's been great the last period of time. Fox and Friends, Janine, Janine, I'll tell you, Jesse, how about Jesse? Hey, Greg Gutfeld was bad to me, now he's great to me. He said, hey, would you rather have a nice guy that doesn't do anything or a horrible human being like Trump that gets it done? They all say, I'd rather have the horrible human, I'm not a horrible human. I'm a nicer guy. I always get very offended when they say about like, well... Maybe people don't like him, but he gets everything done. I think people like me, but I do get it done. That's for sure. Done more than any administration ever in three and a half years. First three and a half years. That's so nice. I'll tell you, that is so nice. That is so nice. The first year to talk about the seating, we're going to, don't worry about uh, the justice will get her seat. Don't worry about that. And that's a nice, that's nice. But you know, they say, these people said they've never heard a political campaign where a big audience says, we love Trump or the candidate. I've never heard it. I've never heard it. So I've never heard it for Ronald Reagan, and I like Ronald Reagan, but I've never heard it. And they've never heard it. Nobody's ever heard it. Who says that? But I love you, too. I really do. I do. And we're getting it done. No, they've never heard that chant. I've never heard it. And it started about two weeks ago. I've never heard it even before. But again, before... <laughs> I want to thank you. It's really nice. It's really nice. And we've got to go out and we've got to really work hard. And we've got to watch this ballot scam because they're scamming us. Okay. They're scamming us. And then they say, he doesn't want to turn over government. Of course they do. But it's got to be a fair election. You know, see, that's a, that's another scam. They don't mention anything about ballots. I say, got to be a fair election. When they're losing ballots all over the place, when they're losing ballots, that just happen to be Trump ballots. 
You know, in Virginia, did you hear? In a very Democrat area, they sent two ballots to thousands of people, a thousand or thousands of people. It just came out over the wires. So people in a Democrat area got two ballots instead of one. This is, they had eight ballots in a waste paper basket, military ballots that all were for Trump. Everyone was for Trump. And they were in a waste paper basket. They were thrown away and somebody saw them. Then they had many, many ballots thrown into a river someplace. I don't even know the state. These are just a few of them. And then go back earlier. Go back to the Democrat primaries. Go back to the great state, Iowa. I love Iowa. We're going to win Iowa big, 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 big. We won it last time by 11 points. We're going to win it big. With ethanol, what I've done for them, with the $28 billion for the farmers, and that includes you, that includes tobacco, that includes a lot of things, but that includes your farmers. But you go back to their primaries, right? Go back to the primary, the Iowa, the first primary. It was done with ballots. They have no idea. Remember the disaster? And that's a small primary. Now they're talking about tens of millions of these fake ballots going all over the place. Who's sending them? Where are they being sent? Who's sending them back? Supposing they don't get them. Are they being sent to Democrat areas? And they're all run by Democrat governors, right? All of them, 100%. It's 100%. So you have a guy in Nevada. He just comes up with the idea. I love, I think we're going to win Nevada. If fairly, we're going to win it. But he comes up, well, you don't have to have your signature verified. Oh, that's nice. That's good. He decided let's not do that. But you know, a real big problem. I like watching television and have the winner is, right? You might not hear it for months because this is a mess. Go back and study what happened in Iowa. Take a look. Take a look at what happened in New York in a small congressional race. Carolyn Maloney. She should have lost the race, in my opinion. They gave it to her because it was a crooked deal. The guy, the guy that she ran against was having fits. He said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Everything was mixed up. The ballots were lost. There was fraud. There was everything. Go into Patterson, New Jersey. These are just recently. It's a disaster waiting to happen. And the only one that knows it better than we do are the Democrats. They know this is going to happen. They want it to happen because they want to go through a court system. And instead, you're not going to hear, very unlikely that you're going to hear winner that night. I could be leading and then they'll just keep getting ballots and ballots and ballots and ballots. Because now they're saying that the ballots can come in late. Well, what does that mean? And more importantly, they're going to be given in some cases a week or two weeks to count the ballots. So if we're waiting for one state, now think of it. If we're waiting, and this is, they're talking about five, six, seven states that have this problem. So if we're waiting for one state, does that mean the whole nation, the whole world is going to wait for one state? I won't use any names. But you have Pennsylvania, where you have a Democrat who, who, by the way, lost the case last week. We sued. We want him to open up his state. And we won on constitutional grounds. <laughs> North Carolina, they have the state all locked up. So we're talking about these are the governors that run their states for Democrats. They really do. I mean, they run them. They're Democrat governors. And they're in charge of the count. We went to Nevada to make a speech. We had five different sites. The governor made it impossible, so we ended up at a different site. We had to get one very... This is the guy that's in charge of ballots. He was a political hack. Now he's the governor. And this guy is in charge of ballots. 
It's not going to work. It's going to be a disaster. And I want a smooth, beautiful transition. But they don't add the other part. But it's got to be an honest vote. And everybody knows, just go back again. Look at Iowa. Look what happened. Just take a look at that. They still don't know who won. They didn't know weeks later. Remember, New Hampshire went. New Hampshire declared a winner. And essentially, they don't know what happened in Iowa. Except the difference is we're doing the same thing, but with tens of millions of ballots. This is a disaster waiting to happen. And they shouldn't let this system go. If you ask for a ballot, it's called solicited. You solicit. You want the ballot. It comes in. You sign it. You send it back. That's okay. But where they send millions and millions of unsolicited ballots, people get ballots they didn't even know they were getting them. Sign it. Sign it. Then there are people going around getting them to sign. You know, when you have that, you don't need it. We have much more enthusiasm. We're so high up on enthusiasm, right? But it's very unfair because when you have somebody go knock on your door sign, it's called harvesting. They're going to harvest ballots, even though in some cases, in most cases, it's illegal. It's illegal as hell. And it should be illegal. So this is a disaster waiting to happen. And the only hope we have really, other than going through a long, unbelievable litigation at the end after it's over, because we're going to win. We're not going to lose this, except if they cheat. That's the way I look at it. We can't let them cheat. We can't let them. It's too much. Our country is at stake. And that's true. Our country is at stake because these people will destroy our country. We can't let this happen. And this is a scam. They know it. The media knows it. But the media doesn't want to cover it. They know exactly what's going to happen. And so do I. But the Democrats know better than all of us what's going to happen. So we can't let it. And if you see anything, you just have to report it and everything. We're all watching. Law enforcement's watching all over the place. But it's very hard to watch. You know, millions of ballots, very hard to watch. And uh, it's the only way we're going to, that's the only way we're going to lose is if there's uh, mischief. Mischief. And it'll have to be on a big scale. So be careful. And we do want a very friendly transition. But we don't want to be cheated and be stupid and say, oh, let's transit. We'll we'll go and we'll do a transition. And we know that there were thousands and thousands of ballots that made the difference through cheating. We're not going to stand for it. We're not going to stand for it. So just remember, keep your eyes open. For decades, our opponents spent trillions of dollars rebuilding other countries. And now we're finally rebuilding our country. We invested $2.5 trillion in the U.S. military, all made in the USA. We launched the first new branch of the armed forces. Think of that. Since the Air Force 75 years ago, it's called Space Force. It's a big deal. See, that alone would be a big deal for, honestly, that alone would be a very big deal for a administration. We did, think of it, we now have a sixth branch of the United States Armed Forces. That's a big deal. But we did so much more, so much more. I mean, think of it. It's incredible. You know, we did probably the most. We'll have maybe even more than 300 federal judges, including Court of Appeals. And now we're going to have three Supreme Court judges. Their minds are blowing. Their minds. Now, you've had many presidents, never had one Supreme Court judge. We're going to have three. Of all people, and that's a record, of all people, 
to get three Supreme Court justices in one administration and one term. They are going crazy. They're saying, darling, tell me this is not happening. But you'll see it tomorrow at five o'clock with the help of the incredible workers of Newport News and Norfolk Naval Shipyard. We will build 355. We're going to have a, a Navy again of 355 ships. That's what we need. That's been depleted. And they're already being built. We got a, we've got a few big ones. Beauties being built, including aircraft carriers. Biden will slash military funding and shipbuilding will be shut down. It's going to be shut down like it used to be. We killed the founder and leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. We took out the world's number one terrorist and mass murderer, Soleimani. I withdrew from last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear catastrophe. What a deal that was. $150 billion, $1.8 billion in cash. You ever see what $1.8 billion in cash? It's plane loads. These guys over there, they must have said, what the hell is this? They never saw money like that. We paid it. You know what we got for it? Nothing. Nothing. I kept my promise, recognized the true capital of Israel, and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. They've been working on that for 52 years. I got it done quickly. And instead of endless wars, we are forging peace in the Middle East. We even got nominated. Right? You know what for? That's right. I hate to talk about it, but I have to because the press doesn't talk about it. Now, it's, uh, it was a great honor. It was a great honor. Twice. You know that, right? Twice. The press doesn't talk about the Nobel Peace Prize, right? Two, two for different things. For Kosovo and Serbia, we stopped them from killing each other. It was very nice. And they don't have to kill each other. They've been killing each other for a long time. Kosovo, Serbia, it was great. It was great. And we got a nomination for Israel. And you look at Bahrain, UAE. That's just the beginning. We have them lined up that want to go into that. Well, peace in the Middle East without blood all over the sand. And I told you, you, you heard the story. I went home. I said, First Lady, I'm going to get the greatest stories tonight. I just got nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, First Lady. For Israel, everybody said it couldn't be done. And they were right. It couldn't be done the way they were doing it. You would have never gotten it done. The way John Kerry was doing it, you would have never gotten it done. As a guy doesn't have a clue, incompetent. But you know what? I said, First Lady, wait till you see this. It's going to be unbelievable. And we watched Lester Holt. I don't even know why. And we had one story after another after another. And after seven stories, I said, First Lady, this is getting a little embarrassing. And they never mentioned it, nor did any other of the newscasts. Fake CNN didn't mention it. MSDNC didn't mention it. ABC, CBS, nobody mentioned it. So I was very embarrassed. Three days later, I got nominated. And I said, my great first lady, we got another shot at it, darling. Let's watch the news tonight. One story, two stories, three stories, four stories, five stories. We got to the end, it wasn't mentioned again. And when Barack Hussein Obama was nominated, 
It was... And he didn't know what he got it for. He still doesn't. He doesn't know what he got it for. So we have a little double standard going, but that's okay. As long as we know. Sometimes I'll be talking that way and I'll look around. I'll say, oh, I'm in the Oval Office. <laughs> How did that happen? I said, you know, with all the complaining, we're in the Oval Office and they're not, right? And if you don't mind, let's keep it that way so we can keep this going. We've achieved more in 47 months than Joe Biden has achieved in 47 years. It's true. Biden, without even knowing it, is pushing the most far left platform in history. The Biden plan would destroy Social Security and destroy protection for people with pre-existing conditions. It would terminate our travel bans in jihadist regions. You know, I got the travel ban. Remember, everyone said you couldn't do that. I want a travel ban from people that want to blow up our country. Do you think that's okay? People said, oh, we don't like that. Took a little heat and we got it. They said I didn't get it and they were right. We lost at one court, lost at the second. Then we won in the Supreme Court. They don't say that. But we have a strong travel ban. And we will use it. We do use it. We use it plenty. And increase refugee admissions. They want to increase refugee admissions 700%, opening the floodgates for radical Islamic terrorism. They want to ban school choice and charter schools. In the second term, I will provide school choice to every parent in America. Every parent. A vote for Republicans is a vote for safe communities, great jobs, and a limitless future for all Americans. It's so true. And in conclusion, I love you people, but I've been doing this since early in the morning. I'm getting the hell out of here. I would only do this for the job. I got a guy who stays in his damn basement all day long, and I'm doing this. I don't know. If he wins, I'm going to be very embarrassed. I'll say, gee, I worked so hard and he didn't work at all. Now nah, we're going to win. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win big. I think we're going to. I think we're going to win bigger than anyone understands. I think there's a vote out there. There's a hidden vote out there. The pulses are fake. They're controlled by the same people. The right, the bad stories, the fake stories. Over the next four years. We will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world. And we will end our reliance on China once and for all. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, and we will ban deadly sanctuary cities. Ban them. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms, Virginia. We will strike down terrorists who threaten our citizens, and we will keep America out of the ridiculous, horrible, endless foreign wars, countries that you've never even heard of. You will keep you out of them. And by the way, we have weapons, the likes of which nobody has ever seen before. We have a level of the degree of which nobody from Russia to China to North Korea. Nobody's ever seen what we built and just hope to God we never have to use them. But we have never had anything like the arsenal that we've built over the last three years.
Hope to God we never have to use them. We're the envy of the world in that way. We have the greatest, we have the greatest people for a building. There's nobody can do what we can do. There's nobody, but when I came in, your military was totally depleted. You had old planes, you had old everything. We have now the F-35s and we have things, the bombers, the new bombers, the tankers, the ships that we're building, some right here, Newport News, you know. But we have built an arsenal the likes of which the world has never seen. And you know what? That will make it a lot easier for us not to have to use them. That's really what we need. We needed it. We were in bad shape. We were in bad shape. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might, and we will ensure peace through strength. And that's what we've done. We will end surprise medical building, require price transparency, and further reduce health insurance. You know, the health insurance is a disaster. And we are bringing the price of health insurance way down, premiums and costs of prescription drugs. We're instituting favored nations. We pay the highest in the world for drugs. I negotiated with Big Pharma, and I just got tired of negotiating. I said, I'm sorry. We're instituting favored nations. We're the largest purchaser of prescription drugs by far in the world. And I instituted what we call a favored nations clause, where we will pay the same price as the nation that pays the lowest price in the world. In addition to that, I instituted a rebate clause where we get the rebates instead of the middlemen. These are the richest people. I don't know who the hell they are, but the middlemen are they're very rich and they're not liking me too much. And you're going to see a lot of bad ads from Big Pharma. They've already started. Just remember, every time you see one of those ads, that means your drug prices are coming way down. And I mean by 50, 60, 70 and 80 percent. We'll strongly protect Medicare and Social Security. We will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Always, always. America will land the first woman on the moon and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. And happen quickly. And we've taken NASA from Fairways, Greer, I mean, you have to see, they had fairways along like a golf course. It was a better golf course than it was a runway. And what we've done, we've taken all the grass out. It was grass growing right through the cracks. It was a disgrace. And we've now made it the number one space center in the world by far again. You had to see this. They were playing golf. They were playing golf. It was all closed up or essentially closed up. It was actually worse than closed up. You know what? It was sort of open, but nobody was doing anything. They had nothing to do. We had the greatest scientists in the world, and we're letting rich guys send up rockets. We like it. Somehow rich people like to send rockets up. We say, just pay us a nice rent and have a lot of fun sending your rockets up. But NASA's now number one in the world again by far, and there's no contest. And all that grass is gone. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our schools. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. Are you listening, NFL? 
Are you listening, NFL? And we will live by the timeless words of our national motto, in God we trust. For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great people of Virginia and North Carolina. So get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get your co-workers and get out and vote. There's never been a more important election than this election. Early voting has already begun. Do not wait. Go out and vote. From Richmond to Roanoke, from Fredericksburg to Williamsburg, and from Norfolk to right here in Newport News. We stand on the shoulders of Virginia patriots who gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this beloved nation. Virginia is the place that gave us George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe. Now, you know, uh, I signed a little document. Ten years in prison if you knock down a statue or a monument. It's amazing how you haven't seen any of that lately. They were having a little fun, and now they were heading toward the Jefferson Memorial. I said, wait a minute. And I predicted that. They were knocking down statues. A lot of people didn't know exactly which one. I said, you better stop it. Because the next thing you know, they'll knock down the statue of Robert E. Lee. And they did. I said, you better stop it. Or they'll be going after Thomas Jefferson and Washington and Abe Lincoln. And they started. And I said, what are we going to do here? I have some good people. They said, uh, you know, because today in Congress, you can't get anything done. They'd give you one day in in a very nice hotel. So I said, what are we going to do? They said, we'll take out an old, we'll take out an old law and you can reinstitute it with an executive order. I said, what does it say? 10 years in prison, not jail. They use the word prison. I said, for what? You knock down a monument or a statue, you go to jail for 10 years. I said, give me that thing, get it to my office. Immediately. And I signed it. And they were coming down to Washington. They were going to knock down two particular statues that were really beautiful. And I signed it and we announced it, had a news conference, got to let people know about it, right? And the 20,000 person march turned out to be about three people. And two of them were arrested, actually, because we have, thanks to the fake news, we have a lot of footage of people standing on the statue of Jackson, Andrew Jackson. Remember, they almost had the ropes. We sent in the police. The police did a great job, by the way. Remember that? The ropes are ready to pull it down. And we said, charge. And they charged. And I want to tell you, they did a hell of a job. They were much tougher than the people with the ropes. It took them about two minutes, and that was the end of the ropes. But it was close. They got there just in time. But you know what? Since I signed that, there's been no statues, no monuments that have been played with. Right? Federal, federal. States have to do the same thing for their states. Virginia heroes made America into the single greatest nation in the history of the world, and the best is yet to come. Proud citizens like you helped build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. 
With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. And a win, win, win. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Virginia and North Carolina, we will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you. Get out and vote. Thank you. President Donald Trump wrapping up remarks in Newport News, Virginia. Virginia, a state that was thought to be... All right, guys. So... Um, that was interesting today, I guess. Um, so now I am going to take off Facebook, um, and Periscope. So remove. So now it's only Twitch and DLive only because we're going to get into some stuff that I don't want to get dinged for. Okay. So my Twitch and DLive people, here we go. Guys ready for this? So. I'm going to show you something. This is how you know um, who sits where. Okay. This is um, this is going to be a little bit of a shocker. Okay. So earlier today, I had tweeted out, Trump Sara is a lie. Those selling you that lie are taking you for a ride. Now, this is specifically because I found some information of some, you know, older gentleman uh, who complained. Um, I don't know if they were scammed into giving some people money, some specific group. I don't know. But, you know, I've made it clear, right, that um, Trump Sara is not, like what they're telling you is not happening. I've explained how it's going to happen. The actual money our president is going to use to fill the coffers is going to happen. They're using people that have had loans disappear and stuff like that is, oh, look, yeah, it's totally happening. Uh, The president would never do a universal basic income. Let's be honest. And it's completely different. Paladin has a really good handle on this, okay? There's There's a reform that's happening and it's not what they're stating, okay? Um, and those loans that have disappeared are because a lot of these small banking institutions and loan companies like for cars and some credit cards, they buy debt, but they were found to be working with like cartels and stuff like that. And a lot of them have been rounded up, hence the debt going down, right? And disappearing. Um, and the student loans was done because people just can't afford it. So anyway, so here on this tweet, I put this. Now, obviously, someone came on and was like, are you saying, you know, this person, Cena Surfing? And I was like, I didn't mention Carol's name. Why are you bringing Carol's name in? Is that the person that's doing it? I didn't say any names. But then I saw that a troll farm just started posting under there, which means they work with the person people thought I was just talking about. I didn't say it, but obviously, you know, people can, there's, there's a group, but you know, 
people make their own assumptions, right? I don't have to spoon feed people. I just say, hey, blah. So um, I, um, I put that in there and I noticed that I was getting trolls. And I was like, what the heck? So I actually took the time to click on the trolls because there's a lot of them and they all block me. So I can't see. Obviously, I can see. So I wanted to show you something. So apparently now we know who the person everybody assumed it was is working with. This is how you can tell. Okay. So remember the guy that I told you that um, that Defango troll guy. Hold on. Let's see. That Defango guy who got Isaac Cappy to the point where he was like seriously depressed, um, you know, and he's like a professional gang stalker. Well, he did a video on Millie at the beginning. So Millie's over here where he's talking smack about Millie, calling her grifter. Uh, then, you know, called Patrick Berge, you know, a loser or whatever. Then he goes on to me with my court case with the attorney general. Here's where he starts to look really, really dumb. And I wanted to tell you why I'm pissed off and I'm showing you because you're going to see that he actually put, he trolled my kids, my kids. Hold on. He has my kids' pictures and their Facebook. He's been trolling my children. This is how far they'll go. But I just wanted to show you how dumb this person is and how, <laughs> how I don't know who listens to him. So this is an email. Get this. And this was um, forwarded. This is not, um, it wasn't the 31st of May. It was, um, I think it was earlier, but it might have been. Anyway, so he's saying, just just listen to this portion. Hold on. Let me, let me make sure I put the volume. Got exhibits that have been submitted and basically heard making threats to individuals. Here's where he's like exhibits making threats. You see this perforation right here? That's part of a big dossier that I submitted, and that's part of my defamation suit. So this idiot doesn't even know what he's looking at uh, because I filed a lawsuit of defamation and a criminal complaint. So all of them are thrown in there. This is how dumb he is. Just look. Saying that they should know their place. Actually, I didn't. I said, know your place. Remember when you told me that? That's what he told me. And I told you guys that was told to me on December 1st, 2017. And um, I questioned the motives on how I made it to the top of your pile. I was genuinely concerned. I thought I did something wrong. Turns out you were just weaponizing your office. See, when you speak to them like this, they get to get really upset. Watch what else he says. So wrong that they're weaponizing laws against people yada 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 it just becomes such a crazy situation when you realize that they actually went and tried to source records okay so here's the thing this isn't them sourcing records this is how dumb this guy is this is my request that i had sent to the attorney general requesting information on um, cases of child trafficking, pedophilia, and how they're treated. They came back to me saying that uh, records responsive to your request are online, so they guided me to their website, and they said, oh, and we can't tell you. Look, they claim Marcy's Law, which they claimed because attached to my original request, because I needed this, was 
allegations toward the BCI, the attorney general's office and other places. Listen, so he's just pulling random paperwork. These are my exhibits. So this is their response to me, not them requesting anything from me. She sent me that response. This is how dumb this person is. It's on particular individuals. So we decided to look into all that a little bit more. So here's another one. Records of anonymous tip line and other communications pertaining to this investigation. My investigation. Wait, he actually shows that I've been investigating this for a while. These are their responses to me, you guys. This Liz Brocker, she she actually was the personal secretary of the attorney general back in 1999. Yeah, that's how long he's been in office. And she's like his PIO, which is the person that responds with the public. So she said that no records um, exist. I already had the records. I never ask for stuff. I don't know. Here's some of the records. He and shows them. It says that the records you requested cannot be located for a few different places so like i mean that's the attorney general asking for records requests on no he's not i'm asking records and the attorney general says they don't have them for sure morris lineman and see? they're basically saying oh no there's no records that exist okay and check this out so can you see this look at the dates on this. this is how long i've been in this so this is for um the overstay of migrants that came with the State Department, how I was telling you that they, you were using people that they were bringing in to the nation, just so you understand. Yeah, I know. I know that's me. He can't read. That's what I'm saying. And there's people that are, you know, listening to this idiot. So this is actually work that I did on FOIAs. This is why it's redacted to and, you know, just partially declassified. This is, okay, so this chick, Ida Abel, she worked with Hillary Clinton. These are, you know, can you see this? Can you check if the participant return home participant in the program of bringing foreigner young people into our nation? They were trafficking victims. Wait, it gets better because here's where he's trying to trash me. He's using things, half baked information. Listen to what he says on this. We can see unclassified documents that show that our friend Tori, Tori, might have been actually lying about it. Not only was our investigation correct, but the investigations of Wayne. Wait, look at that. So here's more on me. Look at what I'm putting. I have questions in regarding of collecting and disseminating PII under this law. You know, considering the DOJ clearly states, blah, blah, blah. This is stuff that they've been doing for non-criminal residents of North Dakota. It says it at the bottom of the video. I was fighting for the people of North Dakota. This is how many fronts that I was hitting them on, just so you guys know. But this guy is saying, Tori's stupid. Tori's this. <laughs> I'm just saying, so Tori's that. And it's like, come on. Are you kidding? Like, who is listening to this guy? Seriously. Um, because he can't even read it. He doesn't even know what he's reading. So these are this, the perforation here that you see are all parts of massive dossiers. So when I went to the, like, I'm telling you they were bricks and they're the same ones that I sent to the Department of Justice too. So. Many other people have been very specifically correct. And right now we're just taking the documents as they show and it doesn't show her to be connected to any of the stuff that she's saying. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Like, how dumb is he? He doesn't even know what he's looking at. What does this tell you? That I'm bouncing them and saying, you know, what are you doing? My question is for our state agencies to have agreements to store and analyze and facilitate dissemination of private identifying information for for citizens and non-criminal residents of North Dakota who ensures their compliance. Blah, 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 blah. How are you doing this? With what right are you doing it? That was my question. Cite it for me because here are all the laws that say you're breaking them. This is what I was doing, but he's telling you that I don't know what he's telling you. <laughs> he obviously didn't realize that that was the response from the attorney general to me. This is how dumb he is. But my point here was, aside from the fact that uh, I'm, I'm going to have to report this video at the end of while we're doing this, um, aside from that, I'm just saying he popped onto my feed all his trolls the minute people thought that I was attacking Santa Surfing. What does that tell you? Hmm. It's kind of like when the orange square started attacking me, uh, you know, when Ollie, when I, you know, was like, hey, Ollie, you want to talk about Carl Rove? I got some video. And, you know, he stopped talking about me. But all his trolls came on. Right. So now I have these trolls coming on, which tell you what you see what I'm saying. But anyway, this is a little bit fun. Go whatsoever. And the more that we look at the more that he looks at it, look at this date, 2015 Medicaid, obviously aware for the portion. This is like from a chain on this exhibit. So it's not all of them um, is uh, this is where I was reporting uh, the over prescription of controlled substances by nurses. So uh, for example, I put it because, you know, obviously for patient um, privacy, you don't say who the patient is. I, I also had a schematic with this. So I'm surprised he didn't look at it to feel stupid as hell. But it says, for example, patient QWS is opioid dependent and requires 120 milligrams a day to function. They're receiving three pills a day, AM, noon, PM of 40 milligrams. And that's, you know, um, that's to satisfy their need. The patient is not considered at risk to distribute, though, as you will see, patient XYZ report from Medicaid reports refers to Medicaid paid Rx refills of just a high dose of about 20 pills, 200 milligrams a day. But the, uh, in qu the quantity was the problem because they were dispensing 600 to 900 pills of oxycodone to one patient. Who is going to take so many? So I was like, so that tells you that that is intent to distribute. This was part of a thread change with me and the police department. I also sent it with the insurance commissioner, the DA, the BCI, the sheriff's department. I mean, after... Uh, a while, you know, the Wells County Sheriff was actually arrested and charged for drug distribution because <laughs> he was part of that. But, you know, he's sitting there making these claims. So I wanted to show this. Yeah, it was a huge drug deal. This was like orchestrated with doctors and nurses like um, and this is part of it. So I wanted to just yeah, I'm having a little bit of giggle, but it really, really hurts because they take information and they put it in this light like it's all really bad. And, you know, obviously everybody has problems. I definitely do for sure. Um, but to sit there and say, oh, she, she's not this. And it's like, dude, yeah, you can look it up. Sheriff of Wells County in North Dakota was arrested months after I was doing this. Like within half a year, they had him arrested. I did that. And that was to help people that I didn't know.
I didn't know these people. But at the end of the day, if these people are the only doctors in the area, right, and it's the highest rate of suicide, that town, Harvey, North Dakota, highest rate of suicide in the state. And guess what? CDC won't even show how many AIDS victims they have because guess get this makes me sick when I say it. The majority of the people that have AIDS within that county are under the age of 13. What the? Right? Well, I can cuss here. I'm on Twitch and deal. What the fuck? Right? What the fuck? So I was helping people, people I didn't know, didn't know whatsoever. Obviously, you know, the chief of police got fired. Uh, the mayor was changed. The sheriff got busted and went to jail. You know, he went to prison and he had like this really weird thing where he was fostering like seven different kids or adopting them. I don't know what he was doing. And had just gotten a new baby. Like I'm dead serious. So this guy is trying to trash me. Oh, she doesn't look at the date 2015. So this is way before this is the type of stuff that I would do under the radar. I wasn't asking for anyone to pat me on the back or give me lollipop. This is what people should be doing when they see wrong. They should be speaking up for those that don't. So I wanted to show that. Hold on. So listen to what and he it, says. The more that we see that she's basically not even part of the Medicaid plans or anything of that. Okay. So I'm not part of the Medicaid plans or anything like that, but I had access to all of that information. Okay. So this is, um, uh, an article that I put in to show that they had foreign workers from South America complete time in Williston and students from Thailand arrive. Now, during that time, there were girl students, right? High school, young women that were parked into hotels, right? And abused. That's where those emails that you saw with the FOIA redacted were going to. Let me see if I can go back to those so you can see them. They're from that period of time where these girls were missing. This is the uh, inter-exchange incorporate. That's the one, um, uh, you know, that brings in the migrants. Um, extending overstay visa, blah, 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 blah. Program 10-1 grace period. So they were trying to find out why they were overstaying their visas. Some of them were lost. Some of them were killed. Uh, that's a reality. So anyway, look what else he says. The more that we look at the exhibits that have been made available. We I made those exhibits. Anything you see with this is my binders, but okay. You can see that Tori. Look at that. Memorandum of understanding. What does it say? North Dakota FBI and North Dakota Attorney General. He's actually showing the crap that they told me they never had that I found that they told me they didn't have any of these documents for face services. That's what has so not been very clear with this. And this is the kind of stuff that Millie and Gavin say that they were investigated and blah, blah, blah. But clearly it shows that they did not do any of that. And all of a sudden, some of those things that she said, like being a part of Obama's secret spy program and things of that nature actually are completely different. And, oh, that's the University of Kentucky records for her and what was going on and her pretty much GPA 2.43. But the records that were requested by the Look. state that needed requests that the state asked. I asked communications with any state or federal authority concerning FBI face services queries and or complaints until today. What did they say? Records cannot be provided because no such records exist. That's where I wanted to go. See, because this guy's so all over the place. Then how the fuck is there this contract that the attorney general signed with the FBI? So they just committed 
um, a crime by not answering the question honestly. This is how dumb this guy is. Quested by the state that needed to be given up just didn't exist. And it's not like somebody went in there, deleted them or anything like that. They just don't exist. Yeah, but he just showed you the document that they said didn't exist. Let me go back to the document because he's so all over the place. See how he tries to trash me? Look, Memorandum of Understanding, the Federal Bureau of Investigation and North Dakota Attorney General, FBI face services. But the document never existed, according to Defango. Do you see how dumb these people are? But anyway, uh, so here it is. Here it is. So the GAO 2016. I don't even know what this is. That's his. Oh, that's me laughing. Someone said this is a joke, right? Hold on. Here's where it gets really bad, though. And this is where I'm going to report it when I end this. Hold on. So he starts talking about my kids. So here's where my kids, uh, my kid put down, I think this is Phoebe's, my youngest one. And she just puts her travel, she put her stuff there. And then this is my daughter, the one, um, how does he have mutual friends? So that means one of her friends is um, giving this information. I have to screenshot that before I report it so I can show it to my daughter. All right, so here it is where my daughter's like putting her stuff. I mean, this is so bad that he would go for my kids. Asking, and even the court tried to ask those questions, but apparently nobody's been able to really get a solid answer from you. How is that? But he showed my kids. That's my kid's picture on my graduation. And he's sitting there saying that someone asked. So anyway, I have to do this quickly. I have to like report it. How do I do that again? I think I go here and where's my kid's picture? I'm going to do it there. Where's my kid's picture? There we go. And I'm going to report um, child abuse. This applies to links within the video description. Um, what do I do? Um, Inciting dog piling and harassment of a minor child, showing photos and personal information of a minor child. I think that's good enough. Um, and I'm going to report it. See, I don't care if he just left my kids out of it. So this is where they go to. That's how they do it. So this is this is really bad because they 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 say, yeah, it is child endangerment, but they say things right that that don't make sense. Like you sitting there, her GPA was low. Dude, I was working for the government, serving the people and going to school Go fuck yourself. You're a loser. You can't even read documents. He sat there trashing me saying, oh, they told her they don't have that. Suddenly he can read the AG document. They told her they don't have the documents for FBI face services. You heard him say it. But there he is showing the document for FBI's face services. And that's because the third time, you know, they came back to me. I was like, um, you mean this document, the document that I found? Is that what you're talking about? The document that I've had and you lied and a citizen of the state of North Dakota back in 2016 took you to court and you refused to say that it existed. And now you're going to sit there and say that it still doesn't exist. You know, I really helped that guy out for the Supreme Court.
And he's sitting there talking about my case like he knows what the hell is going on, as if he knows what's happening. And this idiot can't even read things. I mean, look at that again. Here's the document with FBI face services. That's the one that I had. That was in my in one of my packets. Here it is them saying that they don't have any records of FBI face services or any queries. <laughs> and I knew they had queries. There was this guy, um, I think his name was Coons, who had filed a district court complaint saying that the attorney general had signed off their rights to collect their information. Now, <clears throat> Call me a time-traveling Tory, but the reason that I was getting with the PIO here was because they were going to start collecting all the health data and the private identifying information through the computer systems for now. So this was me trying to mitigate. Um, I wanted to show you guys something earlier um, today, and I didn't. But just so you know, you know, that's what I hate, that people like attack and talk shit. Look, oh wait, this one's good. I'm all of these things. I have 15 aliases, not because someone misspelled my name. It says I have different socials. That's complete bullshit. Stolen valor because someone made a page for me. Whoever's in the Telegram group, you've seen the page for Caitlin Bennett and Ali Akbar. I mean, are you kidding? Stealing funds? Nobody lost any money. It's all bullshit. And if anybody reads it, there's no victim, no crime, no money lost or else they would have went at me with criminal charges. So this is the guy that got Isaac Cappy so depressed that people believed that he jumped off, uh, you know, the, the, the bridge. My concern, aside from the fact that, hey, this is just how dumb these people are, because this guy is a complete idiot. Like, he doesn't even know what he's saying. Actually, what he was trying to do to make me look bad actually proved my point. Since 2015, I was fighting for the people, people I don't know. So you just made me look great, dude. Made yourself look really dumb. But for us, I'm saying the minute someone mentioned that name, suddenly his troll farm starts coming and posting shit. Yeah, Isaac did not kill himself. But they made it look like, um, like um, how am I going to sue him? Look at him. Look at where he lives. Are you kidding this guy doesn't have anything. All he does is have trolls that are by them. But yeah, so the minute I mentioned the Trump Sara thing, these trolls jumped on. And obviously, ex- and he's not a hacker. He didn't hack shit. He doesn't know how to do anything. I've got everything. I, I know where he lives, what banks he banks with. I got everything on him. He's just a loser and karma comes back. Um, I'm struggling with the fact that you shouldn't revel in your enemy's sins. You shouldn't. Ugh, it's so hard. It's so freaking hard. But what I'm trying to say is, if the trolls came on, the minute someone name was mentioned, that means they work with that someone. Are you getting it? Are you understanding that? I hope you understand what I meant, right? So if they have sat there and, you know, suddenly, you know, someone says somebody's name and I'm like, I didn't mention that name. You're mentioning that name. And all these trolls start piling on and then they block me. So I can't see what they're posting. Right. Then what does that mean? That the person that they named or the person that was offended works with that idiot, the guy, the gang stalks. So uh, I, I just want people to understand. 
uh, disinformation because I don't want people to think that uh, the president isn't restructuring our economy. He totally is. Um, but it's not what they tell you. They're selling you stuff that isn't real. Do you know what I mean? That's the problem. He's restructuring the economy. Of course, we're filling up our coffers. Wait till you see how fat it's going to be. And if you're restructuring the economy, you have to restructure the banking. Yes. And you have to make sure that your currency is strong. So you're going to back it by commodities. Yes. I don't know what, what other, you know, things they're talking about, but I'm just saying I got a load of DMs, um, that I opened up when I saw that I opened up the DMS, I kind of peered into them and I was like, what the hell? Like I saw DMS with people that a lot of my followers follow guys. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And like I said, there's no point in causing division right now, but I, I want you guys to be able to acknowledge things and be able to see them from a mile away. Okay. I'm not a financial advisor. I can't tell people what to do with their money. But the one thing I can tell you is the president is going to ensure that all of us are fine. He's not in it to do anything for himself. You have to have faith. That's all you have to do is have faith. But the question that I have for yourself, you know, that I wanted to bring up to your attention is just to see, see when all these trolls were coming after me, it was the color revolution, the leftists with the squares and the stupid crowns, you know, and they were coming, right? And you can identify them. But then, you know, when these people came in, I was like, oh, wait, that happened after someone mentioned this. And I didn't use the fake name or the stadium. I used the real name. So their little troll knows I know exactly who you are. Don't mess with me. Hey, okay, Swift is not being replaced. I don't know why someone's saying that. Swift isn't being replaced. Swift is just going to be our thing. That's all. Um, so, you know, QFS is coming way later. But anyway, I, I, we shouldn't talk about um, the financial stuff. I already did. I gave exactly what the people needed back in 2018. And, you know, um, uh, you know, just let's, hmm. so I wanted to show you guys, you know, I, I'm, it's really, really hard. And I know a lot of you can see trolls, but look, they're using my kids and they're obviously using people that know, um, my children. So, wow. You know, even their own friends are doing stuff like that, but he's showing pictures of my kids. This is how low they go. Um, but I also wanted to demonstrate because as this stuff comes through, I want you guys to be aware, not one of the stupid points of showing just how dumb he is. Cause he can't even read documents and he didn't even know he was reading for my criminal complaints. <laughs> That's what's funny. But it's important for you to understand how you can see, because I know a lot of you get trolled too. I've seen it with a lot of people where you get trolls jumping on you. This is how you recognize where the troll is coming from. For me, I point, I pointed, you know, don't, you know, fall for it. Cause I was so upset when I saw this little old guy, you know, getting harmed, you know, man, like this guy like went and got loans and you know, now he's devastated because he was told over a year ago. I mean, I'm anyway, I was just really sad. 
that this happened. And, you know, a lot of people are desperate and, and they're vulnerable, right? And so when you have older people and you're giving financial advice, right? As if you know what you're talking about, that's a big deal. Um, so I wanted for you guys to recognize how you know where your trolls are coming from. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of people holding on. Look, there is no, there is hope. The president is fixing it. Don't get it wrong. He's totally fixing everything. He is. And he's going to take it home. You're going to see in 2021, it's going to be great. My point of showing you guys is when you get trolled, you have to think who was just mentioned? What was I just talking about? And then you can see where the wave of trolls are coming because these people that were posting things are supposedly patriots. And I'm like, what the hell? Why would anyone say something like that? You know, um, I was shocked. And then I was like, oh man, I should have seen it. Someone mentioned the name and then all the trolls came in. So that means they work together. You see what I'm saying? So I just wanted to point it out because I was going to report this anyway, but this is nothing. I get trolled even harder. You guys, they use other people's things against me. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does. It does. It bothers me when my kids, I will fuck you up. You mess with my kids. Like the Fango has no idea what's coming for him. Has no idea. It's just not the time I'm busy because we have elections. Now he will be taken care of later. And after the, after, after the inauguration, if people don't redeem themselves and, you know, and I'm saying this straight out, if people do not redeem themselves and we're talking people that are pushing content, writing stuff and pretending, you know, and, and the thing is, you know what? Ooh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be really, you know, lay here. Uh, you know what really fucking sucks? I'm telling you guys that every single person in the media and even your independent media are assets of the military industrial complex. My ass was the military industrial complex. I was the one doing all that shit, right? And I'm now giving you the news, which is so hypocritical of me. It's like, dude, I was a private contractor, super black hat, but I'm telling you everything because my hat's super white. It's just that I had a black one on top for a while. So, I, you know, and it really pisses me off because it's like, so I have... I, I'm, I'm the military. I was the military industrial complex. I was part of Obama's stupid little high intelligence group up until 2014. After that crap went down with Flynn, there was no way I could be there. I was like, Oh, you know, um, I can't keep coming. I just had, you know, because I actually, um, had an early, um, pregnancy and I told him that I was emotionally not well and it which is true because in in January of 2013 I I um get delivered really early um and uh, you know I was really hoping for a son but you know God knows what he's doing he obviously did he obviously did I thank him every day whatever happened but I used that excuse and even went to say that I was you know um unable to keep flying back um from Oregon and working and I told him that I needed some time to myself and that was because I knew that Trump was running but I was also pissed to what they did with Flynn anyway so um I've been in the trenches I was the trenches I was the swamp the swamp that you don't hear about right and now I'm your, <laughs> I'm giving you news 
And it's so hypocritical because it's like, yeah, you know, I'm part of it, but you know, I'm not like them because they're not really telling you the news. And I feel like such a hypocrite sometimes. And it's so, it pisses me off so much. But anyway, so I have a list it's very big and I'm dropping it from all these people. They're like, listen to me. I do investigations. Look at my deep dive. I'm going dark for a few days because I'm going to be doing some deep dives and then I'm going to come back to you, you know, and all these people that are making all these nice videos and everything and they're putting stuff together and they're like, oh, I'm the God of I, I see everything I have what they've been doing, what IP addresses they were using, who they're talking to, their Twitter DMs, their uh, Facebook messages, their regular text messages, their Telegram, because you know what? There's a lot of people that are pissed, pissed because they're taking advantage of people. And, you know, for whatever reason, I know that most of this stuff came to me. Listen, I know they know that I'm hot headed, right? They do know that. But they also gave it to me because they wanted me to cause a division. And I played along. Sure. Yeah. Let's rip them up. And then they got my Twitter account when I put that threat and they all sent me what I needed. And it's like suckers. If you thought that I was going to help. No, I'm going to sit on this and I've sat on it and there's going to be a long freaking list. But I'm going to give everyone the opportunity to redeem themselves. Humble yourself. I had to humble myself. Be true to yourself. Now, if yourself is a piece of shit, then you're going to continue doing what you do. You're going to be like this guy who's like, look at him. This is the worst excuse for a human being. And you know what's even worse? Here, this is what's even worse. The people that follow this guy and like, oh, look, what a felon. In a civil suit, I'm a felon now. This is how dumb they are. This is how dumb they are. This is how dumb they are. And he has 20,000 followers. I already, I already downvoted that. I dislike this. This guy, 460, not a lot of views, but he uses DLive because he's been banned so many times from YouTube and whatnot. He also has some other channels too um, that he has sprouting up everywhere. So, yeah. Um, well, the 466 views came from them posting it, uh, you know, to save whoever they thought I was talking about when I said Trump Sara. I'm just saying I I'm I'm all about opportunity. Yeah. Rapist vibe. He's just he's just a nerd. You know, he's a loser lives in, you know, he lives off of whatever. I don't know. I'm going to stop. I shouldn't be that mean. I don't like being that mean. But um, he's usually on like D Live and stuff doing things. But um, I believe in redemption. I do because those those are how everyone is a redeemable. I mean, even even God went to the thief, the the prostitute, the tax collector, right? Because he's the one that could see that good is only perfected and a great voice if it comes from a broken person, you know? And so I believe in redemption. And so these journalists know what I'm talking about and they all know, and I've put them on notice very nicely, especially when I got an email in my proton mail that not a lot of people know about and said, Hey, you didn't drop that piece on them. And I was like, oh, you know, my site was banned. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I th I just thought, I think they did it on purpose to piss me off. Fuck knows. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm already, st- I'm still pissed that Red State Talk Radio, Scott Adams, did that to me. I'm just glad the FBI's on that now. I just gave it to the FBI. You know, I was just like, yo, he stole my communications and handed that shit out. You know, that's against the law. And this is probably why Ali stepped off because FBI is involved now for, you know, digital crimes. This is, you know, but it's, it's, it's just, this is just me ranting, right? I'm just really frustrated when people attack my kids. And I'm, I'm really, really frustrated. I hate this. But I'd still do it again. Even though I'd know what I'd go through, I would still totally do it again. Yeah, he posted it today. And everyone, uh, you know, the minute I put that Trump Sara stuff, somebody mentioned that person's name and boom, they were activated. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, children are supposed to be off limits and obviously it's not. So... Um, you know, I wanted to demonstrate that to you so you can see, but I also wanted to show you just how dumb some of these things are. Okay. Um, they just, (laughs) he sounded like he was like, yeah, I'm so smart. Look, (laughs) it's so stupid. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh because he's dumb. Oh, it's usually the most evil people that are the most ignorant. Uh, It's another thing to be ignorant on purpose, not ignorant, but, um, How does someone say, I had this conversation with a very close person to me and I was like, they were like, oh, I don't trust anyone, just no one. And I was like, what kind of life is that to live if you don't trust anyone? Yeah, it's better to be safe than, I'm like, no, if you get hurt, don't worry. You're going to get, you know, rewarded two times if someone hurts you, 10 times, right? You should always be like, hmm. So one of these days, these boots are going (laughs) to, see? I, I talk a lot about revenge. I love revenge. And that's a sin. That's really not a good thing to like revenge. I do like it. I love it, actually. I think revenge is perfect. But um, I shouldn't. You know, I shouldn't. I should let, you know, things happen as they should. You know, this guy will get held accountable for the crimes he did you know, he's got blood on his hands. So I really don't know how people associate with him. He's got blood on his hands. Isaac Cappy is dead. It's horrible. It's so horrible. Like for me, what is he going to do? Tell me who I am. Come on, man, get off. You wish you were as smart as me. He even had this thing lying. She was Mensa Um, bitch. I was part of Mensa with my IQ of two sixteen at the age of fucking five in kindergarten. They placed me in it. So that's what's up. I just don't go putting my name on websites. So people leave me the hell alone. That's why I don't have it there. That's the thing. And I don't play around with stupid Mensa's in this region. I'm international Mensa. I don't hold a card and say, look, I'm smart. I know I'm fucking smart. Like I get so upset when people, say these things like come on I can walk into any mensa I want and wipe the floor with half of them if I really wanted to that sounds so cocky but it is true the math I do you wouldn't be able to do it in a lifetime dude 
like, oh my God, I'm being mean. I have to stop. <laughs> I have to stop. Like they need to, okay. Well, what kind of proof can you see? He could see that the, the amount of, you know, information that's out there. He can see if he pulled the document, damn, this bitch had cancer and she was going through chemo and taking classes and had kids and was flying around the nation and working for the government and had a day job and, and, and. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm freaking powerhouse. And because I was protecting your ass while you were sitting in your mom's basement playing video games, thinking you're important. That's why. Oh, but kids are off limits. Kids are off limits. You shouldn't fucking use kids, dude. You shouldn't be trolling my kids. That's like you're, vi you're stalking a minor's Facebook. You're stalking a minor's Facebook. That is disgusting. That is disgusting. And the fact that there's people supposedly for the people, for America first, that support this piece of shit is like the minute I saw that he had like stalked my miners Facebook, I blocked anybody who shared that shit because it's like kids are off limits, dude. I don't care if you believe everything he said when he was all super wrong, right? Super wrong and put in and whatever he had that may have been partially correct. He amplified it in the wrong light. I don't care. And when I see a kid, that's where you get an X. So those people that posted that shit on my fucking thread that pretend that they're patriots, they're dead to me. I don't even want to see him. I don't even want to say I'm sorry. The minute you see a kid in a fucking video, you walk. Kids are off limits. I don't care what you say. Like for me, I even snapped out the kid when I saw Rob do and his boyfriend Zimmerman drunk, sweaty with open shirts, pretending that they were doing the Ginsburg thing with a, with a thing of alcohol drunk off their asses and saying a seven year old film this. It's like, that's disgusting. I wouldn't be in that position or in that state in front of a seven year old ever. But anyway, ah. <sighs> such a rant i get so pissed when it comes to kids and the thing is he sat there and he was talking shit about millie watch what he said about her i'm so pissed let's make this if this guy wants to be famous tim look at him he looks nuts he looks just like peter Strzok in them right fucking possessed demons they are eating the shadow gate conspiracy and i figured we'd say something about it because it looks like millie has gone back down to the fight, but she was kind of solo, you know, lacking any Bergy or Tory in her periphery. So it made me wonder if some of those investigations that we did actually hit a little bit harder because she was crying. What the hell is he talking about? What the hell? Is she was in her studio and she was talking to her people. Why are you stalking her? Your investigation. Dude, I had a colonoscopy done of my life with the with the finest comb you can have. I had, if you actually looked at my case, you would see that the North Dakota Attorney General's office, guys, has about 30 attorney generals. He had all fucking 30 of them looking at me. And they came at me with questions because they couldn't find out shit. Oh, tell us where you live since you were 18. Give us all your educational records since you were 18. Tell us who you worked for since you were 18. It's like, go fuck yourself, dude. Do you have a crime? No. Do you have a victim? No. Do you have any fucking claim you can ask money for because somebody lost a penny? No. Then fuck off. I don't have to answer the questions. Because that was me 
unmasking myself. And I clearly said that, but you know, he probably couldn't read that either. He couldn't even read that either because he's fucking stupid. So now Bergie, who doesn't even live in the state that Millie does, is back home doing his thing, getting the whole veterans thing going for his thing. So this guy thinks he's that important. So let's make him famous. And, you know, hopefully more people jump on and say, yo, kids are off limits. (laughs) You're a loser. But listen to what he says about Millie. Crying about how Ali and a few other people were coming at her sideways. Yet, if you think about it, this situation is kind of cut and dry when we think where we started with it and how that information got put out. And here we are just a couple of weeks later. They're talking about putting out a new version of the documentary. But is it? It's actually not a new version. And Millie can't talk about her case. But guess what? I fucking can. So I could tell you guys what's going on. While he talks, I'll tell you where he's wrong. Really going to be something that's going to pop them eyeballs out? You know what I'm saying? That's the question. And See, here's how dumb he is. When did the conversation about the military-industrial complex start getting hot? Oh, after Shadowgate. When did all the generals come out and say they hate the president? Oh, after Shadowgate. When did they ask the president about QAnon? Oh, when Shadowgate dropped. And what did he say, QAnon? They're just upset with all these organized groups and stuff. QAnon didn't mention about those riots back then. Right? Okay. And so when did the president say, I don't want to set the world on fire after Shadowgate? Like, what the hell? When did the president say we're pulling out all the troops from Afghanistan and all the generals are fucking pissed after Shadowgate? Hmm. But, you know. Pop some eyeballs. Wait till you see Shadowgate 2. Shadowgate 3, guys, I'm going to have to hold on that because that's on Flynn. I got to wait till it's over before I pop it. Uh, what was going on with Tori? Why hasn't she been around on the stream live? I mean, are they just trying to put their best face forward? I guess we're just going to have to take a look. The game seems to be getting... Okay, so because I wasn't in Millie's house 24-7, right? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Because I wasn't in her house 24-7 and I'm not sitting all up front on the camera to hide the abdominal area where I had that thing on my shirt and I'm not hanging out with her. Right. Um, I'm I'm suddenly she's trying to put her best face forward. <laughs> Listen to this. This is how dummy is. Again, today. Oh, and by the way, she looked great, didn't she? I totally like her without makeup all the time. I tell her that when Millie put out a periscope and, you know, she's basically just showing all the cleavage and wanting to take on the world. And it looks like it was just her. So, by the way, uh, as a woman and for all you women out there, Millie is such a beautiful woman. And yeah, so what? She's got a rack. You got a problem with that? Never heard you say that about Cassandra Fairbanks. Just saying she's the one that pushes them up for the views. Millie can't help it. She's just well endowed and she's pretty and Gavin going forward at everybody else and she was just kind of recounting what we already knew about the situation her just chilling out um not really having to deal with anything directly she's just talking about you know how oh our whistleblowers our whistleblowers she's not really naming people by names too often and she's just kind of re-going over what we already established and that's because there's more whistleblowers Established before with what happened in her situation and she's still kind of like woe is me 
It's not like my fault that anything's happening. I didn't do anything, blah, blah, blah. It's all a setup and everything happening. What was me? I think that we have to look at what she's saying and just say, hey, Millie, are you being serious with us right now? Or is this just another play on words? Because, I mean, she focuses on talking about the money aspect of this thing. but And she did. You know why she felt bad? Because it's people like him and a lot of people on the right, too. They're like, you got $170,000. You're such a loser. You did all these things. And it's like, wait till people actually find out. They're going to be so... Like, nobody should even consider them credible anymore the fact that they flipped on her if they actually know and i'm going to tell you everything that's in there is fabricated every single bit of it is fabricated she had no idea they were investigating her there was a it didn't even make sense like uh, they even referred to events that weren't even real they were something from like years ago in another state on her mom's own had nothing to do with millie gavin or chuck none of them and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But she can't talk about it. She's got to sit and wait. So um, <laughs> she had to address it, though. Because I've had people that, you know, I know for a long time, man, she made 107000 I was like, dude, after that was converted from Canadian dollars and whatever cut GoFundMe took, it's like just under one hundred thirty grand. And she already paid 60 grand in retainers because she had to get four fucking law firms. And she had to get a law firm specifically just to hold her money because people started attacking her to not get money. Do you see what I'm saying? If she didn't have that, she would have been done in toast. And CPS, I told you guys, they, they were trying to take her kids away. That's why they put her in there. Because then when she would have been in foster, if they would have been in foster care, even if she would have been let out, they'd be like, well, you know, when your case is over, you get them back. That's how they fucking work. That's why they took her in on a Friday. If they had that indictment for so long, why did they go on a Friday? You see what I'm saying? So listen to what he says. He's so disgusting. Just listen. Like I said, you know, she's going solo on this particular one and somebody's got to wonder why. To be clear, we can see that there's a lot of quote tweets that are coming out for it, but not very many. It's not like she's getting the kind of support that we would have. And we do see uh, tweet words or AK Tori did post something, but she just said basically nothing, just a bunch of periods. And all of a sudden we got a couple other people saying, oh, this is good. This is nice, but... It's not like these guys are really doing too much. And I mean, they maybe she's just kicking the hornet's nest with all of this. But, you know, all of a sudden it sounds like they might be trying to take it out solo. As we can see, it's not like there's a huge support going on for anybody there. It's like there seems to be a little back and forth going on. I figured that they would be like, you know, rumbling up together all of a sudden. But in this particular case, they are not. It's more like... They're still kind of helping each other out, but I feel like Tori's about to split the wig. And, you know, with all that association to a supposed DIA QAnon who just got outed. Wait a minute. Is he talking about Austin Steinbart? So is he saying that because I interviewed Austin Steinbart and because I'm telling people that no one should be railroaded, that I'm associated with this DIA guy? Like, this guy is crazy. He's fucking insane. 
like, I'm so glad I'm on Twitch and D live and I can do this. <laughs> this is so dumb. This is so dumb. Like Ali even said, they have a satanic ring. She has like a trafficking ring, like all this shit. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is like, this is trolling and insanity like on steroids. This guy is the most fucking biggest idiot there is. Like, look at his face. He looks crazy. Look at the way he does his face. It's crazy. It's crazy. He got paid a shit ton of money to get Isaac killed. I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now. He got a shit ton of money to do that. With all those interviews, you got to start wondering if people aren't really seeing that, you know, maybe this is the point where Millie might be starting to drop some of her whistleblowers. I mean, maybe just Tor, but not specifically Bergie. What? No, actually, she's gained more whistleblowers. And who is this guy again? And why is anybody watching him? I'm making him famous, but I'm also showing you guys exactly how they do it. They fracture the even with the Austin Steinbart thing. OK, you don't believe he's Q. Fair enough. OK, he's not Q. OK, leave him alone. Why are you blocking people and telling people that if you talk to him or if you look at his content, so somebody comes down and says, I'm Jesus. What are you going to say? Oh, if you're following this guy who's blasphemy, I'm blocking you. Well, why would you do that? You give more credibility to someone, right? If you do that and you create division, I'm just saying random. This is what they do. This is this is 39 days to get the president elected and they're going to go hard when Shadowgate 2 comes out. Dude, heads are rolling like nobody can believe because there's going to be a lot coming out about blackmail and operators and the underworkings trying to take out Trump. We're going to talk twinks for Trump. Oh, well, I don't know if that's going to be in there on that one. Spoke too soon, maybe? Let me show you why. All that crap Tori was talking look, about. Look at all this. That this is all my name, all my name, all misspelled, like with an F or an H or a C. Well, actually, a CHI was because I was, I had my identity stolen. So he's going back just to show how my really easy name is misspelled. And, you know, so sometimes it had an initial. Wait, hold on. Sometimes it had an initial. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it only had my last name. Sometimes it had my only, only my um, married last name. But these are all aliases. <laughs> They're the same fucking name. Magic City Christmas. That was what I was doing. That was the patriotic thing that I was doing. That. And, you know, whenever you associate with yourself with Trump, you get in a lot of trouble. So I'm a really bad person. And Millie's trying to distance herself. And she's telling people about money. And this guy knows best. And she's totally doing that because no one's giving her support, which is true. Everyone thinks she's nuclear. No one's paying attention to Millie anymore, supposedly. But Millie is rocking the boat. Everyone is coming out with stories about what was it? Um, um, sunrise movement. Like it's something new when her first reports were from last year. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I don't know why he says my name like that. He's just so dumb. And the thing is, well, he sold this soul. Come on, guys. The minute I see someone that's that claims to be conservative and even gives that any credibility when they talk about kids. It's disgusting. And you know what, what bothers me the most? And I'm going to say this. Now, I know like Tiny Prancer, you know, is, is, is your, is your go-to guy for blackmail. He had blackmail on Laura Loomer. I got rid of it. 
And I don't know what he's saying to other people, right? And I don't care, right? I don't care. He's been doing this. He helped the Obama administration, period. I've told you that before. But when I saw that he used his clout to hurt Millie, I mean, the CPS case was open just because she went to jail on a Friday and, you know, the kids were in limbo. I made sure her mom had them. I made sure they were safe. I made sure that I was on top of that crap. I mean, you could see that it was a kid grab because they had set the CPS hearing to say, oh, do we need to take the kids or not? They did that before she even had her arraignment and they changed the hours because I was fucking blowing them up. I was like, hey, looks like a kid grab. You're not even going to wait and see if they're out. You're just going to come in when there's no reason to have CPS involved in, in, in the meantime. Blew that shit out. When that lady with the pussycat mask, she turned up with a fucking pussycat mask and a Democrat T-shirt to go into the court. I stood there in front of it at the juvenile side while everyone was at the jail. And I was like, hey. You going in? Sounds like a kid grab if you're going to have a CPS hearing before she's even fucking arraigned. And they switched it right then and there. Because that was illegal what they did. So people don't seem to understand how that goes. But what hurt me the most for her, right, was to see people say things about her as a mom when they knew that whatever, whatever the case may be, CPS is the worst thing you want in your life. The worst thing the worst because they're not even a federal authority and they come in and they kidnap kids. They traffic kids. This is legit stuff. I'm lucky. The fact that, you know, I have, I, I opened my door to them and I had to sit there and they had to question my kids for whatever they went through. And that was fine. And they were like, Miss Tori, you're totally fine. No, no, no. I was like, I know I'm fine. Like, but anyway, They're the worst thing to have because it's a nightmare because they really don't have authority, but they're empowered by the courts. You understand? And that terrified me when I saw that happen to her. But to see that other journalists and people were attacking her and using whatever he was saying against her when they knew that there was an open CPS case. I mean, Zimmerman sent child and this isn't the first time he's done it. I'm telling you. He sent actual child porn. Well, it was Ali's team and and him to her prosecutor. It was legit child pornography. Now, they've done this before. There was another employee at InfoWars that was arrested for having child pornography, and they sent it to him. So this is, you know, now the FBI has it. They're all fucking screwed. Probably why they're in Mexico. (laughs) Just saying. So I'm telling you, You know, the minute I saw that happen, I thought, Jesus Christ, they will kill your kids, take them away. Because that's how pissed they are. I don't think people understood the gravity of Shadowgate. Yeah, I love Patrick Howley. He's like my favorite. But Shadowgate is so massive. These are generals. They run the world. Do you know how many trillions of dollars they're losing by us pulling out of Afghanistan? Trillions. Trillions. The peace deal in the Middle East? Trillions. You should take a look and see how many contracts are being audited right now. They think they're laughing. They're already fucking under investigation. Trillions, if not quadrillions cajillions all your federal tax money lines their fucking pockets that's a fact 
That is a fact. You ask any rank and file, they'll tell you just how sleazy they are. Generals, when they retire, they get these cushy companies and they all slap each other on the butt with money. And then they control your Senate and Congress because they want to be rich, but they're the really rich guys. You got to get it. This is why they keep their clearances. This is how it's happening. And they've been funneling the dirty money. Remember, my job, anything related with money and money that was related to energy, my eyes saw everything. And where did most of this come from? China, China, and the Middle East. I had seen all the trades. Every single little bit. There's another whistleblower that I'm going to be getting with who I, if you look back in one of my shows, I mentioned that I had a nine months, what do I call it? Internship with a very specific bank. And he whistleblowed on that bank because they were funding ISIS with it. Guess what? I did all that paperwork. He knew about it. Guess who did the paperwork? And it's not HSBC. It's the one with the tiny little knives. <laughs> So I'm just saying people don't seem to understand why they've cornered General Flynn. Why? Because he was going to take them all. He was pissed. He knows how the game is played. He knows they were pissed. They were pissed. He was actually an honest. He did not want his people to die. He, you know what? Redemption, man. That is the key. Redemption. Yeah, he was going to audit. Well, the audit has started and he's going to be fine. And like I said, Shadowgate 3, which is going to be the kicker, which takes in the Flynn case, the Awan brothers, and Covington Burlington. Right? Mm. You would deploy with him. He's a really good general, isn't he? So, um, well, Sullivan, it's done. I mean, maybe he'll get the Rona. Maybe he'll step down. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But Shadowgate 2 is, well, we were thinking of taking it out this weekend. Um, but I think it's going to be like um, after a couple days, after the, like maybe the end of um, next week. I don't know. We don't want to say, so we don't have any issues, right? But um, it'll be on all platforms. Um it's going to be it's going to be pretty it's going to be explosive. This is going to show you how they work, like the tools they use. It's going to be so good, so good, so good. Um but yeah, I don't think people understood the gravity of Shadowgate because even if you watch it a few times, you still can't get it. Um So, um uh, you know, for anyone that says that Shadowgate was debunked, it's like, you know what was funny? Tiny Dancer was talking about the military industrial complex. He was even playing Eisenhower videos. It's like, shut up, dude. Like, seriously, didn't you say that it doesn't exist and it was debunked? <laughs> but um, I hope you guys watched Millie's video. She was just kind of, she was constantly being harassed by people about the money. And I felt so bad for her. It's like, <sighs> You know, I was really hoping that YouTube would have paid the revenue on her on her video so I can give it to them. And they stole it. Like they stole it. They won't they, they wouldn't even give it. So um 
yeah, it was it was really bad. So anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. I've just been sitting here yapping, yapping, yapping. <laughs> um, tomorrow we do have the SCOTUS nomination. I will be at Millie's, so maybe I will live it with her. Um, I'm going to bring along my microphone and um, mixer. So I might do it with her. Uh, Cause you know, she's, she's, she's like a good solid drive for me, an hour drive for me. So I'm just going to go hang out. Um, cause we're actually friends. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, we, we will, I, I'm definitely going to be here for the SCOTUS pick. Okay. SCOTUS pick you guys. What do you guys really think? I'm just going to look at all the chats right now. What do you guys really think? Do you really think it's going to be Amy? I mean, they've had Amy's name since Kavanaugh. So there's two names that nobody knows about. And then there's, uh, Lagoa said that she stepped out. And then there's Rushing, the really young one. She's 38. Um, what do you guys think? Not Amy, not Amy. Powell. Dude, I would totally like Powell. But the thing is, can he nominate her when she's on that case? Mm, I would totally love Sydney Powell. Are you fucking kidding? I love her. Mm. He did say it's a woman, right? What if he says, ah, you know, no, it's this dude. <laughs> Rushing. Yeah, I like her too. Rushing's good. She's really young, so she'll be on there like forever. Not Rushing's? You don't like Rushing's? Cat slobber. Why don't you like Rushing? Oh, you do. Rushings is the best or not? Is Cat Slobber just like trolling or? Oh, you like her? Okay. Mm. Let me see. I have to go back and forth between Twitch and live and D live. I'm going to fix that though. I'm just, um, I'm just waiting to be paid for a contract that I was never paid for because I was fired. You see how private contracting works is they, they say, Oh, you know, your position is no longer needed. So then they have to draw the contract to say that it ends and then they get rid of you. And so there's another contract since like um, August that they haven't paid me. So I'm hoping to get paid at the end of the month. I'll probably go and get um, someone to help me because you know what I don't like? I don't like not acknowledging everyone when we're sitting on the stream. So I'm going to try to fix that. Um, let's see. Okay. We said I'm going to fix that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want Powell too. Oh my God. That, was, that would be so amazing if we had Sydney Powell. Uh, we would at least know that it would be... Um, it would be, you know, constitution first, right? That's what I think. That's what I think. And the Atkinson thing is coming around too. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of thinking of rushing too, only because no one's talking about her. Maybe it's because she's that clean. I mean, she's only 38. How much can you do? To, I mean, I shouldn't talk. <laughs> By the age of 38, I had stepped on every continent but Antarctica. I mean, Falkland Islands do not count. My toes have been dipped in every sea. <sighs> so <laughs> I'd love Powell too. Oh, my God. If Sydney Powell was to go, they would totally lose their mind. Chrisanne Hall for Supreme Court. Hmm. That's interesting. Nice one, Ray. Yeah. Flynn case is on the 29th and we're having the announcement tomorrow. So I don't know. But what if he just announces someone and then he's like, Oh, I just withdraw it. We're going to put Sydney Powell. 
<laughs> that would be so awesome. I mean, it's 2020, right? We had murder hornets, the Dust Bowl. This could happen too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Um, um, 50 years on the bench. Rushing is the only fit. She's 38. Yeah, he did say that. That's what, that's true. So someone, Son of Liberty, said um, uh, 50 years on the bench, rushing is the only fit. She's 38. True. I like rushing because of her record. Like I just read up on some of the stuff and, and I like her. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Gosh, it's late. God bless everyone. Um, hey, let's listen to some music. I'm not uploading this anywhere. So we can listen to... Oh, yes. So someone sent me this and it was so weird because it was playing in the background. Um, hold on. Let me find it. It was so bizarre because I um, I saw this. Um, they sent it to me and I was just like, what the hell? I mean, I was like, what? Um, I was totally having this in the background. Like it was like, I guess I should play this was my thought when it came up. Oops. Wrong one. Hold on. Hold on. Still wrong one. Hello, Tori. Okay. So guys, have you ever, have you guys ever heard the words to Saturn by Stevie Wonder? That is bizarre. This guy was like years ahead. So let's end the show listening to that and listening to the words. Hold on. I saw something on DLive. Someone said, um, what's up with Defang? Oh, Defango's a loser, dude. Like he was just talking so much shit on his thing. He, he was showing documents proving that I was going against the swamp. And then he couldn't even read them properly. He was so dumb, like so dumb. Uh, he just showed the world just how stupid he is. Um, that's all. I wanted to show it, not because of the fact that he was just stupid, like we all know. Well, most of us do. And not the fact that he's responsible for Isaac Cappy's death, but the fact that he was trolling a miner's Facebook dude. How creepy is that to know that a guy that looks like that trolls your kid's fucking Facebook? Like, oh my God, who does that? Who does that? That's crazy. So freaking crazy. Excuse my French. Seriously, not really excusing. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let's end this with this song. Um, I wonder if the words, no, no. Let me see if I can find it with lyrics, guys. Because you really have to see the lyrics. Stop playing on me. I'm going to mute the tab so it could shut up. Saturn. Saturn. Stevie Wonder lyrics. There we go said lyrics mix or is this the timeless classic okay i'm hoping this is it yep this is it right please say this is it yes please say this is it. let's see it is all right guys good night and look at the words my bed 
on a way to a place where the air is clean seven there's no sense to sit and watch people die we don't fight our wars the way you do we put back all the things Thank you.